Hello and welcome to the Roll Down, a team fight tactics podcast with a absolute focus on the Oceanic and Southeast Asian region and growing them. My name is Cutler. I am so pleased to have two of my dear friends. I'm going to introduce my co-host first, and that of course is Sol. Sol, how are you? Hello, hello. I'm good. Good, good. Yeah. It's nice to see you. How you doing? Uh, congratulations on Master. We're going to get into that a little bit later, but how do you feel? Uh, relieved. relieved. Relieved would be the answer. Yeah. Hired and relieved. <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But our guest, a man, a friend, a colleague, <laughs> an absolute titan of the industry, Mr. Jay Darney. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Okay. There's no need to inflate the ego. Thank you very much for having me. It's good to be here. I'm doing well today. That is so good. I've titled this episode Squid Game, so I really hope that that gives us everybody an idea of what we're going to do. Dani, James, my friend, I want you first to give us a little bit of a, a brief on yourself, you know, when you first got into TFT, your background, and, and I think we'll go from there. Yeah, totally. I mean, look, I've, I've been playing TFT, like I've played all of the seasons, but I never really took it seriously until I started streaming it. So, so maybe at around about set four, you know, I was watching a lot of the popular streamers, probably Raza was the person I was watching the most at the time. I'm like, fuck it. I want to get into this a little bit more seriously. You know, I never really, ever really looked at the game critically until, until that point, you know, in season four. And then, you know, once I started streaming it myself, it got so much more engaging and yeah, I've pretty much just been addicted to, you know, heavily improving and, and just sharing my progress at the same time ever since. And yeah, TFT has been my main game ever since in streaming. So, you know, I've just been immersed in it. Man, I'm so glad you're here. I, I am so excited to talk about the topics we're going to talk about today. It's so good. Okay. I mean, I'm just yeah. very, We're all glad to have you here. I'm very, <laughs> very, very pleased because James, for those of you who don't know, James is one of the most enthusiastic and enjoyable streamers that stream TFT that I've ever seen. Um, he's totally unapologetically himself. All he does... The entire game is just emote, go absolutely crazy. He's always overly excited. He's overly furious. And it's just like, it's just like the perfect roller coaster <laughs> of emotions that you get watching this stream. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going to talk set six today. And I'm going to start with the man who is the highest rank right now. And that, <laughs> the man who spent 14 hours on stream grinding it out, hitting master. Yep. Going nope. to 90 LP, D1, back down to 0 LP, and up again, and down again. What are you thinking mm -hmm. about set mm -hmm. 6, man? What's going on? Uh, it's good. Set's good. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be grinding that hard. I wouldn't be playing that much. Um, yeah. I think that the, um, I think that they did, um, I mean, we've talked about it a bit already, like, a lot, like, in just previous pods at this point, but I think they did a really great job this set with, um, just making the... Uh, making this set mechanic feel varied, feel fun. Every game feels sort of different. Um, every game feels like it's sort of its own little puzzle. Um, they've made the carries feel very satisfying to play. Like, um, I, I can't really think of a four cost carry except maybe Urgot. It's kind of like it's like boring to play. Like they all have like very flashy abilities. Uh, the five costs feel like five costs. Uh, they, they they truly feel like legendary units. And uh, yeah, I think this set's really really good. It's really really fun. James, your thoughts so far on, on Set 6? 
Yeah, thoughts on set six. Um, sure. Like to Soul's point, that the games are really, really volatile. Like you'll see huge variance in the games, particularly in in you know health advantages. You'll see someone like hundred streaking in stage five, and conversely, someone will be dead in stage four. Like there's just there's so much variance, and and you know from like a combinatoric point of view, just considering like the the billions of augments that are possible. Like there's so many unique perspectives to to each game. Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. There's you know a lot more you know lower level in depth to the set um whereas you know the the previous set felt a bit rigid so i mean that's the best way to generalize it for now it's just a lot more um yeah yeah complex and and engaging at the moment what are you playing right now james on ladder yeah sure i mean my 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 uh my earlier games have tried to experiment a little bit more and as usual you know with last set just meaning velcos like i i tend to find something that i specialize in a little bit more but that being said my sample size is only 50 games at the moment, so if I play another 50, another 100, then I'm sure that's bound to change. But for now, I'm predominantly playing Yone. I'm playing, you know, any variation of it, 6 Academy, 4 Challenger, 4 Academy, whatever it is. Um, I'm trying to to work my early augments around Yone as well. So if I see an early augment that gives me an Academy spat or a Challenger spat or, you know, a, you know, Academy mana reset, then I'm, like, snap calling those things every time. So I do try to force it a little bit too much. But when I'm not playing Yone, I will try to play a little bit of, you know, Ergot is the easy fallback. Um, you know, it runs similar items on both the carries. And yeah, it's just a really easy fallback to, to run like Ergot Jinx with the five chem board with a bit of bruises. And worst case scenario, I'm running like Lux carry. But I've felt I've found AP to be pretty underwhelming at the moment. And we can, you know, we'll definitely get into that a little bit later as well. So you pretty much played for the first few days, like only Ergot. Am I right in saying you played like a lot of Ergot for the first few days, Six, and then seventy percent Ergot then, games probably, and then yeah. in the next few days after that, you were like, "This comp sucks. This unit sucks. <laughs> I'm not playing this stupid shit anymore." What did you end up playing to Masters predominantly? Uh, it was probably like sixty percent Gen. Uh, sixty. It was okay. If I was to just guess off the top of my head, it was probably like sixty percent Gen, twenty. 5 to 30% Yone, 5% Lux, 5% Ergot. Is that about right? <laughs> okay. Not a yep. variance, yeah. He's got the pie chart out. <laughs> sounds about right, yeah. yeah. That sounds about the right, right fair share, yeah. What do you think's not working right now? Like, what's not good? Mm, I actually don't actually think anything in particular is bad. I actually, uh, even though, like, I just said those four comps, I, I, I don't even, like, those are just the comps that I defaulted to because I found them to be consistent. But um, uh, there's a lot of um, comps that are like sort of B tier, but can very very easily work provided you have the correct setup, you have the correct augments for them. Um, like one comp that I didn't mention at all uh, is uh, Scion that I actually think is really really strong. But um, that one depends heavily on where the uh, socialite hex is positioned. Um, yeah, I, I actually don't think any of like. Um, forecast comps are particularly like bad I, I think i think they're all like very very viable and I, I think that like it's only a matter of time until we slowly solve you know the rest of the comps uh, like the rest of the forecasts that are not as popular right now mm -hmm. yeah james is there anything for you that hasn't been working at the moment um yeah interesting i mean i, I try not to play the things that aren't working for me but I pretty much exclusively don't play reroll. I think one cost rerolls are not really working at the moment. You'll see them spike early when they're hitting, you know, like trade sector augments and that kind of thing. But you know, I'm seeing the three star cast and then the three star Garen fall off really, really quickly. So no matter how hard you're streaking early, 
whenever those people get to you know roll down at eight and stabilize with the you know the the stage five boards or whatever, I'm I'm seeing that be really really bad. Also, conversely, I'm not sure how good everyone else thinks Arcanist is, just because your frontline is like solely just a Vex in most instances. And I found Lux to be an insanely unreliable carry just in her targeting, as well as um, you know maybe it's to do with the fact that I don't get to run blue buffers early because I'm not prioritizing tiers, but. Yeah, I found Lux to be pretty unreliable as a carry as well. So I'd say Arcanist and and you know like one two cost rerolls probably aren't as good. I'll put a special mention out there for Cho'Gath as well. I think that unit sucks right now. I think it's so bad. I'm uh... like I'm like looking at three star Cho'Gath in my lobbies and it's just fucking dying. It's getting two ults off. It's not it's not killing like any of my frontline or anything like that. It's not getting any stacks off in the end of the game. And um, I think. Conversely, that has a lot to do with the fact that there's quite a high priority on Giant Slayer. A lot of the AD carries, potentially not Yone, but a lot of the AD units like Urgot and Jin both really like Giant Slayer. So having that one giant unit at the front line trying to carry you is not actually great because it doesn't have any innate tankiness aside from like a, a massive amount of health. Right. Um, yeah. For me, it's not been it's not been working very well i will say that like every game somebody tries to go mutants even if the mutant mm -hmm. trait is like bad so well, like not bad i would say like there are there's definitely like a tier list of mutant traits right now where like mm -hmm. if you get the one with reduced mana cost you can play malzahar if you get the execute one maybe you can play cogmore but the sort of the general stats ones, I find still bait people into playing. Oh, it's it's funny you bring that up because because the best one is probably the one where that where um as your units die, your mutants get stronger. That's yeah. actually probably the best one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And I think every, and there's still a lot of people trying to play mutants when they don't get any of the good ones. And I feel I feel like mm -hmm. that's not working. So there's potentially some room to like change up some of the numbers there. Maybe make mutant more appealing at different stages of the game maybe even um it's hard to build a comp around mutant right now i'll say that unless you get a very specific very specific mutation it's really hard um yeah, yeah. to sort of speak a little bit about mutant i mean i think that this is sort of how they wanted to design it because the tricky part about mutant is that um you have uh a couple maybe just one or two um carries that are very very strong with just mutant in general so you know you've got malzahar who's really really good uh, I've seen Cog do okay given the right setup, and then Cho'Gath is kind of. But the issue is, is that like these carries don't really share any really real sort of overlap. In a mutant is a three trait, so you basically can't activate mutant without playing like an off synergy mutant, right? Like you would have to play if you want to activate mutant like as early as possible. You have to play Cassid and Cogmore and Balzhar, three units that basically share zero synergy at all. So I mean, I feel like this was the intention because otherwise mutant might just be too powerful. But uh, yeah, that is part part of the reason why mutant's quite weak, just because it's really really hard to get into it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting point on Lux too that you brought up, James. I'm, I think Vex is really fucking broken. Like I think Vex it's is really so good. good. I'm I'm really 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 surprised that Vex isn't like more highly contested. Like to re-roll it, putting GA on it is so good. Like putting GA on Vex, like the shield still goes during the during the death animation of it so mm. Mm. i mean for me i've had quite a lot of success like with arcanist but i also think they're quite augment specific and augments is something that we can definitely like get into now mm. because we've got a lot of 
a lot of the discussion around set six will be of course around about augments yeah right um what are you guys what are you guys thinking about like the state of augments have you guys had the triple prismatic game yet i watched carlos play one today play one today i had my first one today it was amazing it was so much fun <laughs> it it's was just so, so insanely good. volatile right like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's 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 absolutely insane you know people yeah. are taking fun early people are taking all these yeah. crazy augments and the game is so accelerated it's just a completely yep. different game yep. um it's really exciting sure but at the same time you know like it, it's tough to 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 play around that as well um yeah oh definitely I mean, really I, i'll use a i'll use an example from like a game that james and i had we were in call together we were playing a game we had got prismatic at one four i got um win four which gave me 20 gold mm -hmm. uh, i was level six 30 gold at two five basically you know yeah yeah like, yep. that sounds about right i mean i was level nine at like four six you know <laughs> like this kind of stuff yep. is like that's just ridiculous that's like accelerating yeah. the pace of the game but i mean Hell if you're the it. person that's doing it it's so much fun like i was having the greatest time of my yeah. entire life like i haven't <laughs> had that much fun since like set three 3.5 you know because yeah kind it's kind of like when they had those the what do you call it where they had the different thing every time the the galaxy what do you call it again yeah 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 exactly galaxies exactly. yeah galaxies it's really similar to that just it, like a yeah. completely getting triple prismatic is the closest i feel to like old tft for like sure, when, when, for they sure. Kind of <laughs> when they kind of embrace that yeah. like super rng style mm -hmm. Set yeah, three, three point yeah. five. It's really fun. Like, don't get me wrong. It's really, really fun. It's um, it's very reminiscent of uh the Big Bang Galaxy in three point five. Yeah, where yeah. they combined treasure trove with trade sector with fun galaxy. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very reminiscent. Hmm. Do you guys think that there's anything that needs to be nerfed right now? In terms uh, of augments. Yeah, in terms of yeah, augments. augments or units. Well, no, okay. we'll start with augments because there's a bit more. I think augments are like. There's more to talk about, I think, right now. Sure. It's tough to say. I mean, I don't know if you think feel the same way, Saul. I don't really feel like any one particular organ is more broken than others. Like, they're all so circumstantial, and they can all be used effectively, uh, um, think, depending on, yeah. I think that holds true for most of them, except I think metabolic absolutely needs to be left. That uh, uh, that augment is ridiculous. Yeah. So metabolic accelerator, if you take it at 1-4, is basically a guaranteed top 4. The only re the only way you could possibly not top 4 a lobby if you take metabolic accelerator at 1-4 is if you AFK. I, like, I wish I was joking, but I'm actually not. Because <laughs> that augment itself is worth... I think if you take it at 1-4, it's, it's worth like 30 to 40 to even 50 HP sometimes. It's, some, it's something insane. Um, it literally, like, it's almost impossible for 4 players not to bleed out before you. Um, and from that, from that point onwards, you can literally just play strongest board with metabolic. And if at any point you like break a streak, you will just have metabolic eventually heal you up to a top four. So I think that currently that like I don't know how you fix it because I think it's too weak. If it only heals one HP per turn, um, which yeah, was metabolic. I was just gonna say. So do you want to just quickly yeah. tell everybody what metabolic sure, sure, sure. accelerator is? The metabolic accelerator makes your champion move faster, which is really really important. It's not the important thing is is that at the start of every turn, every round, uh, your your uh, little legend heals uh, two HP every turn. So if you just like think about the value, right, that it potentially could generate five rounds a stage, that's 10 HP. You play what five, four, five stages on average a game. That's, you know, that's 50 to 60 HP. And let's say you win, you know, you win some rounds, you don't hit, you don't heal. It still probably makes you about 40 HP. So like, you know, if you think that, if you think of that then as in start the game with 140 HP, top fouring is not very hard. 
<laughs> Whatever yeah, I, I think 100. it's way too good. I think it's like yeah, it's I think ridiculous. It's a... I think it's just it's way too good insane. early for sure. But the thing is, yeah. across fifty games, I literally have not seen anyone get it on one four. So I don't know if that's just me. Oh, with really? Blueberry, I get it like but... every fourth game. Oh, I don't know what it, it is. It's good at like... three three as well. It, yeah. Oh, it's really good at three three. Sure. It's good at second it's augment two. Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's undeniably broken. I just haven't seen it all that much. But I think like. Yeah, I think also with Ogwens, like, Kristen raises a really good point that, you know, sometimes there'll be instances where you get three emblems and you're like, fuck, mm -hmm. I don't want to play any of this, like, scrap bodyguard mm -hmm. protector or some shit, mm -hmm. so, so, yeah. there are some circumstances where you just, like, have to take an undesirable Ogwen and play around it as well, because you, like, kind of want to utilize it, like, nobody wants a dead Ogwen on their field, so, yep. that's just another thing, you know, that we need to learn to play around um, our Ogwens too, so, yeah. It makes it a lot, lot harder to come into to a game and say, I have a set strategy on playing this. This is the early board mm. I'm going to run, etc. Because the augments will always throw, throw, throw a wrench in the plans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. One more quick thing on Metabolic Accelerator 2. I know you said that the speed doesn't matter, but I've won, a lot, a, of I've won a lot of 50-50s. Yeah, it matters a little bit. Like, it matters a little bit, if yeah. you, because you Basically, because of you have Metabolic Accelerator, you're pretty much always third or fourth pick. So you're basically fighting one other person for the last good item on the carousel mm -hmm. or like the one that you want if you're faster than them you'll get it anytime it doesn't, <laughs> yep. even if it's right in front of them you can mm -hmm. you can get it so mm -hmm. i would say like yep. both instances of it i don't know how the fuck they nerf it if they make it one health heal it's useless it's too it's way too weak at one yeah they can't make a one per turn so i'm probably need to scale with like missing health i think that's the only Potentially. thing yeah, potentially yeah like i think one, like two, they can three. leave the speed the speed's fine they need to the figure out fine. a way yeah. to sort out how to like it's so broken i've been like you know you can go back <laughs> up to 100 health pretty easily yes yeah, like, yeah i've been like 100 yeah. health at 4-3 you know what i mean like and mm -hmm. i you know and you yep. lose like that's you can lose six it, rounds it's even game, basically, it's even worse it's even worse when you play in a lobby where multiple people get it because yeah. you just know that like there's two people that are already a lock for top four, mm -hmm, and you're yeah. playing for one of the other three, like two slots left over. For and top you also four know lobby. those people are going to go level nine, so their boards are going to yep. be extremely capped in stage six. So if you're still alive in stage six with them, because they'll be alive, yep. they'll have enough health. Yes. You're going to take twenty. I had a basically. I had a game go to seven one because there were two people with metabolic in my lobby. It's too good. <laughs> I think it's too good. It's really I, I think as well. Sure, like sure. another one of the, I think some of the ones that they that they've made common i know that like, there's prismatic gold and silver i guess or let's say mm -hmm. silver some of the ones that they've made silver are super super balanced like super good early and then they fall off and that's like perfect design yep. for those kind of ones mm -hmm. I, it really needs to be the same for metabolic accelerator i think there, need, there needs to be like more emphasis mm -hmm. on those yep. specific augments falling off i think thrill of the hunt's a really good example of that yep. like thrill of the hunt mm -hmm. one is like the difference between you and like 15 hp by stage three four you know like some people just like infinite heal and you lose by four units when you were almost about mm -hmm. to win and then yep. there's and then you know at the late game if they've got thrill the hunt one it's basically useless because every unit has 1600 mm -hmm. hp yep so i mean right uh, doing a pretty good job right if we can only think of one organ that's like that fucking broken, yeah like, i think like, mm -hmm. I genuinely can't think of any more. Like, I think it's... I will, I will say, though, I think that if we... Like, even though there's not a lot of broken ones, there's a lot of, like, really useless ones that I think that need to be either reworked or uh, or buffed yeah. in some way. Sure. Um, so if a lot of so a lot of what, like, I would like to refer to as sort of build-arounds right now are, I feel like, traps and are just not really worth going for at all. So mm. uh, the Yordle one that makes all Yordles have 35% dodge chance is just terrible. Useless. Um, 
yeah bad um the syndicate one that makes you get a gold for every syndicate unit like sure whatever the mercenary one that makes you do damage for however much excess gold you're holding like bro <laughs> who's trying to who's trying to win streak with mercenaries <laughs> like meanwhile um, there are yeah, a few yeah. that are good too like the arcanist one where you get a shield based on your yeah. percentage ability power there are some really winners yeah. there are definitely yeah. some winners but there's a bunch of them right now that feel like um yeah they don't really reward you that enough um for going for the thing like going for like the specific chase trait and all that they matters are the, yeah all that matters are the, the good ones are the ones i play like chemtech and and, and arcanist like bang bang you know the, the, sorry academy 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 yeah. with the mana reset um yeah the academy the ones ones broken. I, for sure Bro, i haven't yeah. seen that the academy so this is like there. the thing this is this is what's really funny about set set six i haven't seen the academy the broken academy one someone had to tell me what it was the other day was it one of mm. you that told me what it was because i'd never seen it Maybe. i think I so I got I, it recently. Yeah. I didn't even know what on guard was until like three days into the set. Oh, the disarm? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like never yep. seen it. And I was like, oh, this is so annoying. I this think... is so. I actually think on guard's really good, but I've only seen it twice. On guard's, on guard's really good. On guard's insane. On I guard's they actually. Will, they need to halve that, I think, honestly. <laughs> Is that what challenges guard... disarms? Sorry, yes. challenges. Yeah, disarms. yeah, on guard's is... yeah, yeah. Not yeah, only yeah. because Yone's clone disarms as well; it's like absolutely yeah. ridiculous. If you put Runans on, is it proking on everyone as well? It's proking. It's proking on multiple. Yeah, I tested it myself. I tested it myself. I tested it myself. It rocks on multiple. So dumb. Okay. So I yeah, will say yeah. that one. That That's... one feels like that one is unfun to play against. And that one is unfun. Yeah, that one okay. is actually unfun. It's like it's fun to play. So that, that's fine. It's fun to play because you're winning. It's fun to play because it's a it's good, right? But if it makes yeah. other people's like game inherently more frustrating, then it needs to be changed yeah. in some way. And that's I like, think I think be, there can yeah. be I think there can be a push pull. I think I think things can be frustrating to play against um and and, ex and still exist in like a healthy ecosystem. Um it's just a matter of how frustrating they are to play against. Like yeah, right, I don't that know. one makes uh, me think... want to pull my hair out. That one is ridiculous. I think like, yeah, like I think like if the duration was, I think if the duration was lower, it would be fine. Like I think if there's mm -hmm. something for like a second, to, like one point five seconds, probably fine. Currently, it's way too. Currently, it's like way too long. Pretty sure. Do... I can't remember how much. It's yeah, totally. Do all of the classes have have an augment that both you know buffs it, or one that's like utility where you like get gold, or like do you know? There's only some of them only have like like drawback ones, like utility ones, like the mercenary ones that give you gold, mm -hmm. right? It's not like there's one that buffs mercenaries as well, right? Whereas you know for the academies, yeah. So I think that you know that could be a little bit more, um, like a push pull one for for all yeah. classes. Mercenaries also be... have the one where it's potential to get a gold any mercenary when they kill, like damage, but like anyone gets a gold like um uh gp's q killing but it's for everybody right right and then they get yeah, the i guess damage, i guess you don't play merc you don't play mercs if, yeah because no, because he's, he's, you yeah, the thing is you never shot. play work to win streak the thing is you yeah. never play win streak merc exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Win streak yeah. is much better yeah yeah fair enough, fair enough unless you high roll like gp2 early you're never winning anything anyway like i got yeah guy who got collected gp2 on stage two double farm Noise. Yeah, kind of, kind of gross. That's beautiful, actually. That sounds, that sounds so fun to play. Holy crap. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I will say that there's a lot of other augments right now that I think are debatable. And a really interesting one that I want to talk to you guys about is getting gain an additional socialite at 1-4. What do you guys think oh. about that one? I kind of like it. I kind of kind of take it when I know that, you know, the majority of comps I'm playing around, you know, the four cost carries will utilize the socialite hex. 
Um, look, is it strong early? No, I kind of need to play around that early, but you know, it's definitely not going to spike me, but it's kind of like investing in, in the long term of the game. You know, I, I know that I'm going to utilize that. And you know, I really think three socialite is really fucking strong. If I can find a way to play it, I think it's really effective, but you're kind of uh, sacrificing early game power for late game power. And I guess I'm down for that in most instances. So yeah. about duet, right? Yeah, the do one, it, right? whatever the one is that just gains oh, an additional socialite. I think she, I think it's oh, oh an additional square. square. Oh, okay. I think well, no, no, not terrible. an additional I think, square. I, I mean, no, just, I mean the one that's just like you get a socialite at one four. Oh, oh, you're not talking about duet. Okay, okay. That, no, okay. no, I not the one where you get a second. Saying, not where you get a second yeah. one. I, I was gonna say I think duet's terrible because <laughs> because 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 you you need a socialite to activate duet. So if you take it early and you don't even have a socialite, you basically lose an argument of value. Um, socialite heart is good. Yes, the one that gives you a free hex is good. Like, or it just gives you like the hot, like the inbuilt socialite. That, that one's good. Four. Yeah, I think, that yeah. one's actually good. I've gone yeah. full circle on it. I was taking it all the time for the first few days, and then I thought it kind of sucked, so I stopped taking it. But I've come back around to thinking that it's pretty good now, like based on the absolute value of three socialite right now. Mm -hmm. sure, it is sure. really, really fucking good. Three socialite is good. Yeah. It's hard to fit it in so many boards, though. You know, when I want to be playing Joy, yeah. it's really hard to find uh, find a gap for Seraphine most of the time because I also need Frontline, right? So it's hard. Yeah. I think it's a realistic trade-off that, that, you know, once you hit that power spike, I, I pretty much basically can never run three Socialite um, unless I have a Socialite emblem or Hex or whatever you fucking call it. So, like, yeah. otherwise, I probably don't want to sacrifice too much board power for the comp I already want to make. Mm. Yeah. So... The thing with Socialite is, I would say, at least from my experience playing it, um, is that Socialite is much better the earlier uh, earlier in the game uh, and towards the mid-game and tends to fall off quite hard in the late game. Um, okay. The reason, the reasoning is this, is that um, as you... It, during the early game, right, um, positioning is very unpredictable because you have so many people to rotate into. Um, this makes it difficult for people to position specific for Socialite, you know, hexed units. Um, as you approach... As you uh, get to the top four... Um, it becomes very, very easy to predict what uh, people you are rotating into, at which point the socialite hex is almost unplayable because your opponent, like, if you're going to use the hex, your opponent will literally just perfectly position for you every time. Like, they'll they'll put a Zephyr on the socialite hex, they'll they'll have all their carries out of the way of, like, whatever firing arc it is, and yeah. So I think socialite, in that sense, is actually in a good spot where you can use it as, like, a power boost in the early and mid-game, uh, and towards the late game, you sort of... Put, you, you sort of use utility units instead on the socialite hex to still get value, but you don't use your like you don't rely on your like the socialite hex for your carry. Yeah. yeah, it makes perfect sense. I think I overutilize the existing socialite hex, and I'm just getting like like destroyed about it. One of the little knickknacks I like to do is to at the end of the round just like move my board to the entire side. Like I had it on the socialite hex the entire time. Mm -hmm. at, at the end of the round, just move it and then yeah. move it back at the very last second because I know that when people <laughs> are scouting my board, they probably don't mm -hmm. think I'm going to use the socialite hex. Like that's a little thing I do, but no, I totally take yeah. your point. Like like game, you should be uh, uh, moving your positioning a little bit more, not overly relying on the socialite hex because good players mm -hmm. will capitalize on that and, and take advantage of you there. The, the exception is still if you play fucking, You're still fucking quick swapping in set six, bro. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is more shit. Yeah. Um, Someone removed the, the, that the fucking thing. The, the exception to everything I just said is if you play Scion, uh, the Scion comp. Scion is the only comp where you're entirely reliant on the socialite hex and you never miss Scion off the hex. Because Scion is a Colossus, so cannot be, you know, just, like, he cannot be CC'd. Um, and yeah, he gets absolute value out of all three, like, socialite bonuses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it literally doesn't even matter if you put your carry on the other side of a scion. Like oh. the carry, if it's a melee carry, it'll find a way to get to scion and scion yep. will eat, yep. eat it for breakfast. So yep. yeah, scion <laughs> will find his way. <laughs> I want to talk about openers at the moment. There's a lot of good openers, like a lot. I think that the uh, 
ability to have so many viable openers is really nice like there's a lot of um a lot of little chase things that you can put in early that do make a big difference i want to ask you guys like how you've been opening recently like talk to me like talk me through like item prio early unit prior like are you just playing what you get are you like going out there looking for stuff i'll start with you james this time yeah it's a combination of what i get but at the same time i'm leaning so heavily on scrap so it's usually like a three innovator two scrap opener if i could possibly get it like i like the fact that i don't need to slam any components early i don't need to slam any items early rather i can just you know because i find full scrap like relatively early in the majority of games i can even roll a couple of times if i really want to hit it but but I really like the, you know, the three component threshold with four scrap. Um, but when I'm not running that, I'm probably running like two scrap, three innovator. And aside from that, there's like a small, small percentage of the times where I'll hit an early Leona and try to play four academy early with like a Katarina carry. I think that's pretty good too. But but just four scrap has been so good to me. Literally Trundle is an early game carry. We've talked about it before. It's just very, very effective as well. So yeah, four scrap for me all the way. I really don't have any too, any, too many other early comps that I, I lean on too early. David, what do you think? Uh, there's a lot of viable openers right now, but, um, there's one that sticks out and it's scrap and it's not that the scrap trade itself is broken. It's the key offender is just Trundle. Um, as of right now, um, Trundle does way too much damage in the early game. He scales way too well, uh, with his ability because how long the fights are. Um, he holds every single AD item way too perfectly. Like he literally holds every single item well. Um, he's he's just too flexible. Uh, yeah, so Trundle's the issue. Um, I think and I, I think as soon as like the, his numbers get nerfed, we'll be in a really good spot. Um, to talk a little bit about like various openers that I think are like, viable and like good. Um, yeah, like you've obviously got Scrap Innovator. Like that's gonna be good. Um, you can do like uh, what is it? You can do you can even do like bodyguards with like snipers. You can do bodyguards with um, Caitlyn Caitlyn um, Tristana backline. Uh, you can do you can do uh, syndicate with uh, TF Zyra Darius. Uh, and the TF holds uh, blue buff Morello, which I've seen do really really well. Um, that transitions really really easily into AP. Um, so yeah, long story short, the openers feel pretty good to play right now. Um, there's just one that's a little bit egregious, which is just and it's purely inflated because of a single unit, which is Trundle. Um, and I think that once um, Trundle gets toned down a bit, that'll yeah, it'll feel pretty good. Like everything will feel pretty good. I'll yeah, totally. Another, I'll put another one out there and say that Darius is too good right now. Like, just as a one cost unit. <laughs> Darius, this is really good. <laughs> Darius yeah. is really fucking Darius good. <laughs> also basically holds every item in the game. I've had a couple of games today, especially yeah. when I was sort of doing a little bit of research for the podcast, like practicing different openers. I basically had... I basically just, like, defaulted to Darius every game just because it was so good. Thrill of the Hunt Darius at the moment <laughs> is way too good early on. Like, the ability yeah. to basically just infinitely heal every single time is just so good like i i'm very much i'm very much into like a two bodyguard opener in some way or another um, yeah for but... sure i think uh like elaborating on that i think blitzcrank is also an amazing unit it kind of reminds me of like the aurelia from last set just like, yeah the, one of the only two costs to be like a triple trait unit is so effective that you can just run it with so many units a bodyguard a protector and a scrap it's just got to be one of the core units that, that you want to run early in like almost all instances I gotta be honest, That's I don't not... know why Blitzcrank needs Protector. I think it makes it um, too. Like it makes it like really good. I think Protectors I think Protectors need the help. I think I think if Blitz was not a Protector, it would be really doomed. Because the issue with Protectors right now is that um Sion has like Sion is sort of a fake protector. He's not a real protector. 
And so protectors like any form of like late game scaling at the moment. So they can only really be good early game. So I, I like that Blitz is like the glue, if that makes sense. That sort of holds the protector frontline together if you do have to play protectors early. Yeah. yeah so I, I don't actually mind that he's protector. Because I don't think Garen, I don't think Garen's that bad. I actually think Garen's pretty good right now, especially oh, like especially because of how like good academy is at the moment i think like i think it's kind of being slept on how good like multiple different versions of academy are right now yeah katarina is really good katarina is like one of the most underrated yes. units uh, at the moment like the is good. Mm-hmm. yeah like garen and graves are both really underrated i will agree graves is the other one i would like to point out but um the issue with both those units is they both need to be two starred at relatively early points of the game mm. is the other thing yeah like if you don't hit them on curve um, they're pretty worthless, like, later down the line, so, yeah. <laughs> I think Katarina's really item-dependent as well, in order to be, like, a really effective carry um, early. I don't know how dependent, but, like, you know, obviously obviously she benefits amazingly from either, I don't know, like, Hextech, blue buff, JD, whatever, but I think it's kind of mandatory. I don't think she can, because oftentimes, based on someone's positioning, she could at times just be, like, a single target. You know, she does have an AoE, but, but really, if someone positions well around it, you know, it's not really gonna kill more than, more than one or two units at a time, so, yeah. It's like, it's really good. I honestly, I'm right now, I'm like, I haven't played a single fucking game of Katarina, but I haven't beaten it in any in any lobby I've been in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always just yeah. losing to it every fucking time. I don't care if it's like 2-1 or 6-2, like, I'm just losing to Cat every time. I also think that um, if we're talking, like, openers as well, I think uh, Talon needs a tiny bit of a nerf. It basically kills both backline units free talent's really good yeah, yeah. talent's yeah. really good double been... talent is actually yeah. legit <laughs> double talent is so fucking good. double talent is legit double talent's yeah. legit yeah it's, it's not I, bad. I will say that ziggs is like the most fake fucking unit i've ever seen in my entire oh for sure <laughs> holy shit and i know like, yeah, like, we'll, we'll date ourselves a little bit by saying this because they are going to fix it pretty soon but the fact that ziggs yeah. can't even do one two right now because it's so bad is hilarious <laughs> <laughs> you can actually lose the one two They've already yeah, said yeah, that they're yeah. fixing that, so just guys, just make sure that if you've got Ziggs, like, don't take Ziggs off Carousel, right? <laughs> basically. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, impressive. I think Ziggs, Ziggs needs a lot of help. I think the bomb needs to be slightly quicker. It needs to land a bit quicker. Yep. If anything. Yep. I don't I thought, think the yeah, damage I... is too bad, because it's got the scrap benefit. Mm. And it's also got the say, nice you... benefit of having Yordle. Sorry, you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you either make the bomb do more damage, or you just make the animation faster. I think both are yeah. fine. The wind-up at the moment is really long. It's really frustrating. There's a couple yep. of units that I wouldn't mind having the animations sped up on a little bit, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I think there's a couple of offenders there. I think um, Echo is a really good unit, but it's probably another one where the animation could just be like a tiny bit quicker. Yeah, but then Echo's ability is really good as well. So yeah, it I, is I, good. I think they could nerf the <laughs> damage on it and, and up the time. Yeah. Yeah, she's oh, like the utility unit, I, I think. Yeah. I was gonna say it already yeah, I was gonna say I, I don't even know if you know the damage. I, I feel like I feel like Echo's fine, honestly. Because if you think about his ability, it's pretty good for a three cost. Like it frozen hearts their team and then it attacks me buffs your team as well. It's so, kinda nuts for a three cost, right? Doesn't it sound That's what I mean. Good? Like when I when I explain can... it to you like Yeah, when yeah. I explain it to you like that, <laughs> I think Echo's in I actually think there. the base damage is a little high. Like it's actually sizable. Yeah. I do um, think that the damage needs to be nerfed. I, I'm just like I just come at it from like if they're gonna change if they are gonna change anything, I think that a couple of the of the units right now need a bit of a, a speed increase. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yordle opener. What do you guys think about opening Yordles right now? I think getting a, a three cost Yordle off an orb, even though it's like enables the comp, still feels bad. 
it, it doesn't feel amazing. It feels so underwhelming. You know, I've just like a lot of the strong early game openers just absolutely dismantle it and, and not only like beat the board, but beat it by like four or five, four or five units yeah. at times. Mm -hmm. You know, it just feels really, really underwhelming. And even when you hit some of those, those uh, three star tempo points, like, you know, you kind of need like, you know, two, three items on Poppy just for it to be an effective frontline. Trasana damage feels really, really underwhelming. I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks that. Some people were saying uh, that pretty, instead of running, yeah, totally, totally. I mean, some people are saying that instead of running attack speed, just run pure, pure damage, but I don't even know if that's going to solve anything. I genuinely think like she's way, way, way undertoned. So yeah, Yodel's for me is just like a massive missed um obviously some people you know can get it to the point where they hit vega but but yeah just like in terms of average placement i think it's really really low and i would not opt into it uh at all anytime i see poppy i just like i'd rather just put it next to another bodyguard i wouldn't rather put yordles yeah. in front of it oh, for yeah sure. for sure it's so much better I think, with, um, like, with like the armor i think socks explained it pretty well in like his uh i think guide um where Yordles are probably so. I did say earlier that I think the traits are all, all in all are pretty good, um, but it's unfortunate that I think Yordle is the one is the main outlier, and it's not even like I don't I can't even really fault the team. So the issue with Yordle is that, um, firstly, Vigar right is impossible to balance properly because Vigar either is extreme like Vigar if Vigar is ever good enough to justify going for it. Then you should always go for Vigar. As in if, if that Vigar is that powerful, right? But then if Vigar is not good enough, then you should never go for it. So Vigar only ever exists in a state of being completely broken or completely useless. Like Vigar like Vigar can never reach a state of being bal like balanced. Because if it's ever worth it, then in theory you should just always like if you're in that spot, you should just always go for it, because it's more or less guaranteed. Um furthermore, the issue with Yordles as a reroll comp is that like the units are so consistent to hit because you're guaranteed to hit a Yordle every turn that they're essentially like fake three stars, like what Draconics were last set, where they have to make the base stats quite bad because you know you're gonna hit them at a very early point because the game is giving them to you for free. So again, it's a balancing nightmare. <laughs> so yeah. it sucks because I think the concept of Vigar is really cool. Um I actually like all the Yordle units, but yeah, as a comp, I think that yeah, it's not great. Do you guys want to, I want to ask you guys what, what you think is a unit that's being slept on right now. And I'm going to ask you for three different stages of the game. I'm going to ask you like an early game unit that's being slept on, a mid game unit that you think is good that's being slept on, and then a late game unit as well. Let's see if we, we can come up with some things like that. I'll start with the soul first. Early game? Yeah. Slept on early game? Dude, this game of Jeopardy is fucking oh, hard. He's just like yeah. putting a huge riddle. It's probably... It's not easy. It's not easy. I don't even know if it's like, I don't even know if it's underrated. I was just, I mean, but I, like, it's probably Echo. Like, not enough people are playing Echo early. I feel like Echo is insane. Like, super good. Um, yeah, that's that's my pick for early game. I'd say Echo. James, uh, me for early game. Um, I I'd say either like Camille or Swain. I've seen Swain be really really effective, even as like a pseudo tank with like an Arcanist or Imperial lineup. And Camille, I don't know, it's probably not even Sleeper, because I think a lot of people play it anyway, but but she also functions pretty effectively as a, a frontline tank, really good for two clockwork early and, you know, three innovators, so yeah, it's a really nice unit as well. Swain was actually going to be my answer as well for early game. I think it's really good. That's um, solid. I think it yeah. is really, really good. It's really surprising how much it heals, even if you've got, like, just two Arcanist. Like, the damage, like, it can heal, heal back to full, basically, every ability. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, for sure. it's it's one of those ones where you don't you don't hate getting it off an orb. Uh, mid game, mm -hmm. mid game, so mid game. Uh, 
Why is it always me? <laughs> Why always <laughs> me? My answer is ready. It feels good. Yeah, okay. I'll go. Okay, I'll if, go if Dali's got an answer ready, Dali yeah. can go first. All right, all right, James, sure. Go. I, I just like watching your watching your brain just like churn through, you know, do it. So I, have, I have my late game answer. I have my late game answer. No, I don't have okay, yeah, yeah. I think my, my mid game answer is probably High Meninger. I think it's a really uh, strong unit oh, yes, that yes. does a lot of damage. And... Donnie Desk Slam fucking stole both my answers, bro. What the hell? I think no, you stole my answers. I just beat you to the punch. Yeah, I, dude, I think Primer is so fucking good, like as an AP item holder. I think it's really being slapped. For sure, Wait, for sure. You say Heimer, Heimer, right? Yeah, yeah Heimer. The thing is, like, no one's playing Yordles early. So, in order to yeah. actually run it effectively, you probably just want to be playing Innovator. Um, yep. And you can fit a Scholar unit easily, but yeah, you need to be playing Innovator when you're playing Heimerdinger. It doesn't really fit into, like, I don't want to be playing Yordles, so therefore, yeah. you know, if I'm item holding for Lux, then I want to be yeah. playing Innovator early. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess my answer is like, I, I don't even, I don't know if this is underrated slice, so I feel like everyone plays it, but um, I think if we're talking about the mid game and if we define mid game as like stage three, early stage four, I think Tarek is the glue that holds literally every single like mid game comp together. You could just, Pick up a Tarek, splash him in, get value out of the socialite hex. Um, you can easily fit in Enchanter with Lulu, and yeah, like it's just it's just the easy two piece that can like it's an easy two utility support units that you can fit into any sort of opener, and I think it's very very solid. Interesting, yeah, um, really really interesting to bring up Haim. I've found a lot of success with Haimadinger recently, like having it as an item holder, especially for like if I'm looking for AP later in the game. Even if I've got like just a giant slayer on it, it does a lot of damage. And having it in the having it in the socialite hex is is really, really good. I will mm -hmm. say that I feel like there's like Vex, even with no Arcanist, is insanely splashable. If you've got tank items. Yep. Like let's say you've got no like registered tank. Maybe you like rotate yep. out of bodyguards mm -hmm. to get a couple more um a couple more of your compian, like chemtags or whatever it may be, you know, wherever you're going. Mm -hmm. I think splashing, like hitting vexes, is really, really good right now, and I think that not a lot of yep. people are are, um, are utilizing it at the moment. Yep. Let's go late game. This is going to be interesting. I think we're all going to have different. Answers I, have, I, have a, I have a spicy pick. I have a really, really spicy pick. He's right. so ready. All right, okay. all right. Hit us. Can I go. Can I just go? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My my pick for late game is Zyra. So what? <laughs> basically, okay. Think about like this, right? Zyra early game, right? Is quite underwhelming because your opponent doesn't have that many units in their backline, right? Once you get to the late game state where some guy who's like has like five, four units lined up neatly in the back line, Zyra is completely fight changing in that like she just like roots the entire team. And the other thing is, is that Zyra is actually quite easy to splash because a lot of um, fast eight boards currently play Janna already anyway. So before you find the Yumi, right, you can just play the Zyra for Scholar and CC. And when you find the Yumi, it's like the cleanest swap ever. You just swap the Zyra out for Yumi. But until then, I think Zyra does a really good impression of um, giving you backline access, which is something that. You don't actually have a lot in this set. There's not actually too much backline access. Not too many ways to like stun that Jin that's on the other side. Not too many ways to you know stun that Lux that's on the other side. Whereas yeah, Zyra gives you a way to actually stun their you know their utility units, their support units. Interesting. Yeah, I like that. That's my hot take. That's cool. That's a, hot take. That's a, a really fucking, good answer. That's a fucking spicy yeah. ass take. My my answer yeah, is yeah. more boring than that. Go on, James. No, I just love how how in like how how proud Sol was of his answer. Like, so, <laughs> so I actually agree with I agree with everything. Because I've been thinking about it for a while. I'm just like, why oh, yeah, why not people playing Zyra like game? It's so good. Like everyone has like my four answer, five years in the back. No, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I don't know how I feel about my answer. I was gonna say Jace. I don't know how much people sleep on him, but I probably slept on him way too early initially. And I think mm -hmm. just the fact that you know he is one an enforcer that works really well in in the majority of UNA boards that I run to run to enforcer and also can act as like a pseudo tank. 
shreds armor and MR as well um, is is really effective for the rest of the board. It's not really something that I I tend to prioritize, but I think it fits in well with pretty much any comp. Um, yeah, it's probably like your 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 level nine unit to put in. Like after you made, made your level eight board, it's a really good addition. But yeah, I think Jace is really good. I'll this say right now that I think Jace is the most broken unit in the entire game. To be honest, yeah, broken is a strong word, but I think it's I think it's sure the best. Good. I also think it's the best. It's spat, sure the best spot cost, I also yeah. think it's the best spat holder in the entire game for pretty mm -hmm. much anything. Like yep. Academy, Arcanist, Chemtech. Yeah, I guess it because he, he can also so do damage, good. right? So so he yes, acts yeah. as like both a frontliner that can also do damage. Then then for sure, uh, yeah. Academy and Arcanist Jace, ridiculous, both so good. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say that. Uh, although, like, I've been talking about how good I think Academy is, I feel like uh, a lot of people are sleeping a little bit on the owner as a late-game tank. I think it's a really easy oh, splash. Oh, yeah, it's hella good. A really easy splash into a lot of boards. I know that a lot of front lines right now are kind of, like, Bruises or Brom or, like, Jace. It's usually Brom Leona. It's usually Brom Leona yeah. right now. It's I'm, sort of the default. Too. I'm seeing a lot of people, yeah. like, opt out of leona in the late game at the moment and i think that, right, could, right. that could just be a disparity of where we are like it's sort of one of the first units that gets removed for an additional damage dealer mm -hmm. i think it's like really good i almost i'm not gonna say it's, it better, really... it's not i'm not gonna say it's better than brom because like just how good brom cc is right now but yeah. it's it's up there with like being a four cost style unit like a four cost style tank yep. mm -hmm. yeah fair hmm it's nice. it's nice that there are a lot of three costs that scale like three costs two star like tanks slash utility units that actually scale into the late game and actually end up yeah. in your final board. Yeah. I think it would be really boring if it was like last set where your final board is just all fours and fives. There's a lot of final boards right now that I craft that have a bunch of threes in them as well because they're just really good. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think even at the moment, like a lot of the boards are really reliant on a couple of five cost units, like tile the synergies together as well. I kind of find that a little bit annoying at times when, when I'm going eight and I cannot find that one unit, like a Yumi or something like that. Especially like a UNA board, for instance. I could probably complain about it the yeah. most, but even a lot of other boards are, are, are very contingent on one five cost uh, unit. I think yeah. Uh, yeah, Yumi, Jace are the biggest offenders when it comes to utility units in terms of mm. tying together your board. And Jinx is probably the biggest offender when it comes to carry, in that the Jinx, the boards that have a, like the boards that want to play Jinx that have a Jinx are not in their difference to the boards that don't have a Jinx. So, yeah. yeah. yeah I would yeah. say another another one at the moment is Sakali, like when it comes to. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I think Sakali <laughs> yeah. is currently. I know I just yep. said Jace was the most broken unit in the entire game, but it's really close between. It's Akali really close. And it's really Jace close. Because. Yeah. I, I think Syndicate is like yeah, yeah. a really, really cool ability. Yep. And it's got really cool units and like there's a drawback where you have to play a couple of shitters to make it really good. Mm -hmm. Like and I, I kind of like that I kinda of like that from a balanced perspective. But whatever the fuck they did to Akali before the actual live <laughs> release is ridiculous. They bucked it like three times. I went back and had a look before this podcast, right? Yeah. They bucked it like three times in the last week. Yeah, the thing is, Akali was Akali was really, really bad in PBE though. So yeah. I, I don't even blame them though. I'm I'm actually happy that she's like really good. Um, but so they have levers that they can pull now and actually start toning her down. But she was really bad in PBE. I'll just mm. like put that out there. <laughs> I wanna my yes. my kind of final thoughts on this right now is with every set something that kind of doesn't get figured out for a while is the spatulas. And I know we've sort mm -hmm. of, I've sort of just brought up the spats right now, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. what do you guys think about like where spatula is right now? Because there's a lot of uses for it. You know, I'm seeing like at yep. least 
a couple like maybe one maybe two people like having a really good spat every single game and how do you how do you think it's going right now like spatula it's really interesting just the fact that the the whole spatula dynamic has completely changed because you're getting so many emblems with the augments so mm -hmm. prioritizing spatulas in previous sets would have been you know fist pump hell yeah for a lot of other comps whereas now i don't really yeah. think there's as much priorities on the spatula to begin with because you can get those emblems but personally I mean, you know, are we talking about strength of the spatula? I think it's obviously, you know, weaker than what it was in, in previous sets because you can get all those mm -hmm. emblems. Um, there's a lot of versatility to what you can run. I think a lot of the comps, all the meta comps, run various traits of almost everything. So, so you're, you're much less often not going to have a dead spatula than you would in other sets where you pretty much needed a certain spatula item. So I do like the versatility there, but beyond that um yeah i think you know you can suffice with uh without the spatula i don't prioritize it as much as i did in other mm -hmm. sets i think that the i think that the spat the, the the things that they chose to make spats were fine are fine and good to a degree i think the issue is is that right now the game punishes you really hard for playing vertically and it rewards you greatly for playing horizontally so what that basically means is is that like the game punishes you for playing six or eight of one trait and rewards you for playing uh, a sort of very wide mixture of overlapping traits like yeah. it, it, the current the current state of the game rewards you a lot for playing two like a lot of two pieces a lot of three pieces maybe one or two four pieces to tie a team together but yeah so spatulas spatula is always gonna be weak when that is the sort of quote like quote-unquote stronger way to play the game but in terms of what the spatulas actually do i think it's like pretty good i think it's like totally fun like chemtech is good academy is good arcanist is good um it's just simply a, a matter of like horizontal versus vertical right now and horizontal is a bit better interesting i've had a slightly different experience where i feel like i don't i, I i'll just say this i don't think going vertical is bad but i i, no, think that, I will say it's bad yeah i think that um mm -hmm. branching out or going horizontal is 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 better right now mm, i think yeah. it's actually in a pretty good spot i will say like i'm getting to the end game a lot if there was a spat on two four you know, for example, and I didn't take mm -hmm. it. I'm getting to the end of the game. I'm like, ah, oh, I really need a spat to tie my comp together. Like, I need that three piece, or I need that two piece, or I need that one more of this to like really tie my whole comp together. I feel like mm -hmm. there's a lot of instances at the moment where like the later the game goes, the more I'm like lusting after spatula to like really link my comp together. And I think that's kind of a a, a good place for it to be because it. Mm -hmm kind of incentivizes you to want to go after spat early but it also makes that spatula like kind of dead for a good period of time as well yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. so it's a it's an interesting conundrum we find ourselves in our last <laughs> sort of question on set six before we move on to our special subject for the day is what's everybody's favorite like unit right now Sol, do you have anything on your mind immediately? I need to think about it a little bit. I definitely uh, don't have favorite unit. I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna point. I'm gonna point out Zillion. I think Zillion's so good right now. Zillion, I love it. Uh, I love. What it. you have to elaborate why? I I'm love Zillion. To... I think he's so cool. I think it's so easy to splash early. I also think that it's like really good against early assassin players, and I fucking hate assassin players. <laughs> <laughs> like it's really it's really cool to see like a shako jump to the back of your board at like two three and then the zillion just bombs it and then it dies Mwah. Mm -hmm. beautiful Mwah. 
Phantom. It's like not a bad item holder either for AP items, like before you transition to into sort of more late game mm -hmm. things. I will say that the combination of Clockwork and Innovator is like really good as well. Um, yeah. I, I've played a lot of Jin. I pretty much like not only played Jin, but like I'd say like 70% of my games have been Jin on ladder mm -hmm. at the moment because it's just what I'm finding the most enjoyable. Uh, yeah. And that combination is really, really good. It has a lot of really good um, and interesting tie-ins for sort of mid-game boards and, and how to best strengthen your board around sort of stage three and stage four. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Totally. Oh, shit. Yeah, my answer. Uh, I like Zach a lot. I think just the fact that he has like multi-CC on a lot of units and frontline and, you know, disrupting and, and actually has like sizable base damage as well. Um, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like really happy to see him early in combination with like, you know, Trundle plus Scrap. Like, I, I love to play him early. I think he's a really good unit. I'm really surprised by Zach's early damage. It really, like, yeah, surprises Zach me does when a I lot see of it. Early. Like, and he just like one shots sure. one of the backline units sometimes. Or like puts <laughs> them, like, puts them down to like 20%. Yeah. Later in the fight. It's so cool. Like, it's really cool, but it's like quite surprising. I wasn't really expecting Zach to like do that much damage. He also gets damage reduction as well, right? Like 60% when he's using his ability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. I think, uh, man, I really wanted to avoid saying Jin, but it's probably Jin. Um, I think they did with Jin, I think they did, uh, I think they did a really good job with a unit that sort of cleaves through, like, uh, like with like a unit that fires, like, projectiles that cleave through everything and that his positioning is a lot more nuanced and is not as binary as other similar units in the past like Aurelia and Solon Velkos. So like the way Jin like fires his curtain call is that he'll open his like he'll open his ultimate like in the direction of the unit he's currently auto-attacking. So that means that like you actually have a lot of agency in terms of how your Jin like how you get your Jin like firing angles. And your opponent also has a lot of counterplay in terms of like how they put their frontline units to bait your gene into firing at specific angles. So it's it, it's pretty good in that it, it makes it so that the fights aren't just like left side, right side. It's it's a lot of like sort of small sort of micro movements because I want my gene to aggro to this, or I you know well, you know the other way around. But yeah, I, I think gene's pretty good. Yeah, that's a really good point. That was something that was like super not fun about the early carries like Aesol and Velkos, the fact that you literally like, you know, no matter how you positioned, it basically casts the same way every time. So yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. there was no outplay potential. Interesting. I like that. That's a good answer. We have a, uh, a secondary topic, not just set six. <laughs> oh. We had a lot of interesting yeah. set six discussion and I'm really pleased that we got through so much of it. But there is a mini topic and that is, of course, about our guest. Now, our, our <laughs> guest, I'm going to call him famous. He's famous. Oh, he's famous. <laughs> he's, he's famous for he something. Just chaos and Jose in here. I got to cut you off. What the Somebody fuck? would say. Some would say. Infamous. Some would say that he is equally well known for one specific thing. Yeah. And you... I and I want to talk to you. And we're going to go back in time. Sure. And, and we're thinking. We're thinking back. We're thinking rank five. You're yeah, at, the, you're at yeah. the pinnacle of the ladder. The pinnacle uh -huh. experience. You're streaming late at night. You're slamming your desk. <laughs> you're, you're quick swapping into victories in high challenger lobbies. And we're, we're going to ask you a few questions about like that sort of journey. I want to know from your perspective like what it felt like to kind of hit that 
supreme high, like that supreme high of like top challenger. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was definitely surreal because because it wasn't a gradual climb at all. I'd pretty much been like hard stuck master, hard stuck like low GM for a long time. And when I finally did make it to that level, it just like consecutively, and, and I don't even want to say that anything clicked because, because I don't really think there were any like major changes or leaks that I plugged in my gameplay, but really I just like turned on the biggest hot streak. I don't know how to describe it really, but but I just went into a, an amazing string of positive variants. And next thing I found myself like 800 LP higher than I ordinarily was. And I'm like, holy shit. I, it's tough to say like I did one thing differently that enabled me to climb. Like there was no secret recipe or or spice or anything. Um, but yeah, it was a surreal feeling. Like I've never taken the game as seriously as I did then. I'm celebrating like any unit dying. I'm literally like 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 inching onto every little iteration of the game. So uh, I mean, that's just how to describe it at first. Like that's how I felt. It, it was it was pretty big because like I've never been anywhere near that high. So I kind of like you know um, kind of uh, gave me a little bit more. Ego is not the word, but like it gave me a lot more confidence in my gameplay at first to say like holy shit, like this came out of nowhere. I'm actually like top ten ladder. Like that's respectable. So I was myself in the first instance and yeah was there ever a time when you felt like i don't want to play Velcos this game on that streak there actually wasn't and the reason for it is that i pretty much ran into no resistance while playing it so basically if you compare it to, to what i think is the strongest comp at the moment probably like yearning at the moment it's just overly contested and I cannot reliably hit it every game. But Velkos, aside from when we got to the end of the set where it started to get a little bit more contested, they actually had some Spellweaver buffs, you know, like 11-19, something like that. Prior to that, it was not contested at all. It's sitting at like fucking 11% win rate and like 52% top 4 rate. The stats are really low. Why would anyone voluntarily want to play it? So I kind of like specialized in that comp that no one else was playing and that was so position dependent. And I tried to use like the moment I started using my tracker religiously, I know what three matchups I'm bursting at all time. And then like my Velcos is always in optimal positioning. Like that's when I found my win rate skyrocketing. And yeah, no, I, I found no resistance just because no one is overly contesting me in, in that in um in playing that comp. And secondly, there's a lot better uh, early AP holders in set 5.5 as there is probably now where I'm not losing anywhere near as much health to, to prioritize AP items early as I was in this current set. So it was kind of like a win-win scenario. Like I can get to the late game without sacrificing too much early game. And if I'm the only one playing this comp, it's going to do really well. So yeah, literally every single game was just like a repeated simulation where I prioritized Sunfire Cape, prioritized Shoujin, and you know whatever the other flex items from there are, so be it. But it's always the same board. It's always the A-bomb board. A-bomb is so effective. You know, it's just... Uh, it just became a repeatable cycle and it just went well every time. What what's wrong with you? I guess that's my I guess that's my real question. Like what's what's the matter with you? You know? I thought that was a good answer. <laughs> I think, I like, that was I think that's great. I really like that. I wanna I wanna ask you like how do you how do you force a comp in this game like talk to me about like what it, what the thought process is to like hard force playing exactly what you want to play because we've all got our own different answers like i played like 80 games of mech in a row so i know i know what it's like to force a comp it's a different scenario it's a different feeling but i want to hear it like from your perspective like what 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 do you need to do in your mind in your like understanding of the game to like say every game i need to make sure at this point this is what i'm doing yeah, you need to be super, super adaptive with 
so many different elements. I'll start with items. That's probably the most adaptable thing. You know, if I get a bow and a tear, I'm fucking death slamming because I'm I'm feeling so bad. But literally, I'm like, okay, what's the what's the best possible scenario I can make with these items and still play this comp? Well, it's probably just going to be like like ZZ Rod or Giant Slayer, the only components that I can make are somewhat viable. So I literally need to find, you know, when the game throws me something else, I still need to find a way to try and bring it back. So literally, it's sometimes like, oh shit, I'm running Karma Carry early and then transitioning into Velcos later. So like, I've had games where I hit Karma two on seven and. And fuck it, we repivot back into Velkos because the board is stronger overall. Um, so it's literally just okay. There's there's a there's a push pull there. Like if you're if you're if you're not being adaptive enough, like you want to force it, but only to a certain degree. Like once you pass a threshold, you're you're overforcing at that point, and then you're griefing your games too much. So I'm trying to find what that threshold is. If I still think I can realistically play it, then I will. Otherwise, I will have to pivot. But but yeah, it's just about about literally finding the balance between the two. You don't want to overforce. Um, how do we force the same comp every time? I mean, I mean, look, we, we need to get lucky to a degree, but it was aided by the fact that not too many people are playing this early. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on. I just like, got to collate my thoughts on the matter, but yeah, totally. Um, I, th I think, like, to, to add a note on that, I remember a while ago, I was watching um, Chromex's um, stream, and he was explaining how um that this is back in like that 4.5 when um people could you could one trick um kale like one tricking kale was very very popular he explained that like um even though like quote you're quote unquote one tricking the way you arrive at your final board is different every time it's like the, the open is the, you have to sort of learn like one like the term one tricking in this game is almost fake in the sense that like yes even though the end board is the is the is the same every time um it doesn't mean that the decision making that doesn't make the mean the process to get there was the same right you have to learn all the different like types of like different like outs when it comes to items you you can't just stick to one rigid bis because you're never going to hit the exact same you know combinations of items every time neither are you going to hit the exact same open every time so a lot of it i think is also just learning what all the different outs are like what the different variations look like and you know etc etc for sure yeah early game when it comes to playing the same comp over and over again mastering your early game or understanding like where to move your early game from so important and that's for like mm -hmm. that's sort of more like a tip for the people that are kind of getting into this game maybe they're like stuck somewhere and they want to improve it's like really look at your early game it changes every time but the second that you feel like you're stringing together units and understandings and and picking up where like comps together are strong that's when you'll start to improve and that's when you can start sort of focusing on the different phases of the game as well mm -hmm. because i mean i don't i don't think i've ever seen anyone play like the the late stages of the game as well as when I watched you, James, play Velkos. Because you were pretty much like a stage five fiend every single every single game. You were so incredibly good. And I will say that quick swapping has a lot to do with this, and that'll be my next question. <laughs> you were so you were so incredibly good at like and you said it was like using your scouter and using your tracker and things like that, but like sure just being able to like understand where you're supposed to like where your units are supposed to be every single round when your health is on the line and when the game's on the line was like something that i haven't i haven't barely seen before and it was very impressive oh thanks man i think the caveat to this also is that this will not be replicated this set so i'm gonna need to learn to be more adaptable for sure to have anywhere near the level of gameplay that i was having on the previous set 
There's no catch-up mechanic. Um, there's plenty of other things that just make it so much more difficult to uh, to play that style, that that one one early comp style. Obviously, the augments and a million other factors. So, so that is less relevant this set than it was last set. And for sure, I, I need to learn to be more adaptable. We all do, basically. Mm -hmm. Well, do you have any questions for James about that? Is sort of his experience last set. Uh yeah. So uh, is it is it Timo Lulu Timo Lulu or or is it is it Syndra uh, Syndra Lux? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Nani knows what I'm asking. <laughs> I know what you're asking. So basically, the for context, the the Velkos board, um, you're either running Syndra Lux as your secondary units for Redeemed. It also gives Mystic, or you're running uh, Timo Lulu, which also gives Mystic. But Hellions and Timo's just much much better. But look, it, Timo's undeniably better against the AD comps that are clumped where Timo can actually slow the attack speed down. The reason why I didn't like running it is because one, it's harder to hit. Um, Syndra 2 Lux 2 just feels so much easier to make. And two, like, okay, sure. The instances when you're running Timo Lulu is a lot stronger. Um, I guess I also valued the, the three redeemed um, value as well a little bit, but I can't sit there and say that Syndra Lux is better. Like, I, 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 unequivocally, <laughs> Timo Lulu is better, but personally, I just felt confident running Syndra, especially games where I, where I don't have Declaw and I cared a lot more about my positioning and Velkos being safe, than, mm -hmm. than Syndra Lux just became stable to me. Yeah. I will say that, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> towards the uh, towards the later half of the set, um, I, I definitely... You know, you, you obviously know that my stance is very hard on Timo, uh, sure, <laughs> Timo sure. Lulu at the start. Yeah. But no, no, no. Towards the end, um, I, I did get around to um, Syndra Lux a lot in other situations because um, Syndra Lux um, made your Valboard a lot more durable, for lack of a better yeah, word. Sure. It was a lot more useful, it was, especially once you got into the Squid Mirrors, actually. Syndra Lux was actually quite good in the Squid... Uh, having, like, the extra MR was quite good for the Squid Mirrors. And also, um, having the Syndra to throw away Dianas was also really, really useful. Because yeah. totally. Lulu polling the Diana is hit... Does, does, yeah, hits a bit different. <laughs> it's not quite the same. I think if yeah. you have trap claws, just fist pump, then then sure, Timo Lux is fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But without trap claw, then I really don't like it. It's yeah, too volatile. <laughs> Let me sure, say that sure. this is one of the nice things about TFT, where we're sort of talking about a set in retrospect, and you you still get sort of like, do you think this combination or this combination of units like at the end game board were better? It's a really nice um niche thing where we can sort of discuss. And everybody's opinion is different on like how to maximize a late game board um i was personally in the camp of syndra and lux but we will not discuss that any further yeah the otherwise thing is, we're getting back into set five in the grand scheme of things, there's like a million other areas that are so much more critical to understand this is like the smallest <laughs> ever, yeah. where literally wanting one over the other is the tiniest <laughs> difference imaginable it does yeah. not matter mm -hmm. but we're talking yeah. about it in such a degree that just like it was just, it was just small optimizations it was so for funny sure, how much sure. yeah. and these are the kind of optimizations <laughs> yeah. that you like you can make when you're playing at a high level i quite like that i think it's a i think it's an interesting topic where the the closer you get to quote unquote perfecting a style of play, the more niche the discussion is about what's good and what's bad, basically. Yeah. So you kind of get it. This is this is basically a question of like, what do you play between five five and six three between the end of the game? That's like basically the end. That's basically the question you're asking right now. It's like, what's better when I have twenty to zero HP? You know. I mean, yeah, it's very true. cool. It's cool. I like that. And we, we probably won't even get to that sort of point until the end of this set where it's like, oh, was I supposed to run Oriana at this point? Or was I supposed to, 
We'll definitely get there. For sure. We'll get there. We'll certainly get there. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. we're all at that level and we're going to be like nitpicking the smallest of things. Because that's what we I need mean, to do to improve. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, especially with this set, the utility units this time around are so good and the, and there are too many of them to fit onto your board. There will definitely be some arguments yeah, <laughs> at some point. Sure. Yeah. And that's how we improve, right? I mean, you know, mm, these sure, discussions sure. just help us think about it absolutely. more critically as well. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I um I don't have too much else for for you specifically, James. I will I will just say like, do you agree that Quick Swap should be removed from the game? Um, I <laughs> as someone who uses it as 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 a significant benefactor. Okay, <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna look at this objectively. I think the answer is yes because. People who don't know that the mechanic exists in the game can't counterplay it. But it basically, if it was common knowledge across everyone and everyone knew that you could quick swap from one side to the other, it's annoying. It doesn't make sense. Why would you only be able to quick swap from one side to the other? So yeah. by that token, sure, it should be removed. I don't hate the notion of a quick swap where you know you can press a button to to move from side to side, but no, it's it's a little too complicated at that point. And basically, it's not common knowledge across everyone. So some people get it's advantageous to some and not to others. So yeah, for that reason, it should be removed. But I'm a benefactor, so I don't really give a fuck right now. So, yeah. You're going to keep using it until it's removed. Yeah. I mean, that being said, my APM is really good anyway. I'm not reliant on it. So by the same logic, I probably should just, just not use Quick Swap if I'm not reliant on it. But but if, if it were to be axed, it's not going to be like detrimental to my gameplay or anything. I'm still pretty quick with the mouse. So what do you think on Quick Swap? Do you think it should go? Um. Yeah. We talked a little bit about it already on the... Uh the Keith and uh, Jose episode, but uh, yeah, uh, I absolutely think it should be removed. Um, for me, uh, as Dani said as well, I, I totally agree. I think that as a game mechanic, it's fine if you can swap from quick, like swap quickly to and from one side. I don't actually have that big of a deal with that. Uh, my biggest issue with it is how unintuitive it is and how sort of un-new player friendly it is. Um, yeah, the fact that like I played TFT for like, how long have I played it for at this point? Like a year and a half before finding out it was even a thing. <laughs> Like, this has existed since set one, this mechanic, but like, yeah, well. yeah, 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 pretty much. I, I literally learned in 5.5 when it mattered because Velkos behaved the way it did. That's literally when I like learned how it worked. So, as uh, you know, because of that, I think that, yeah, it, it's it's it, it probably shouldn't exist. Interesting, very interesting. Um, we are at the point of our show now where we take some wonderful questions from our audience. So, anybody in Twitch chat right now, if you yeah. have a question and you want to hear it from any one of us and our special guest james of course most importantly so if you have any questions for him but we do have a couple of prepared ones uh pre-prepared mm -hmm. ones pre-prepared um english is hard i don't know why i host a podcast if i can't speak correctly but <laughs> i'm going to cast it over to my co-host my close personal friend soul to uh, to get us underway all right Let's get the show on the road. So, first question. We got a good one. Um, so, are super high capped boards from uh, sort of econ traits such as uh, mercenary or from you know really really powerful econ uh, aug augments in the set such as uh, high end shopping, uh, golden ticket? You know, you can all think of those. Uh, are they help? Would you say that they're healthy for the game? I think so. I think I think the good thing about them is that it pretty much adds a gambling mechanic. You can't replicate success on those boards every single time so i like the idea of giving someone like a hail mary to, to to make like a completely unbeatable board with those 
really good augments and traits. Um, but at the same time, I think it actually has a lower average placing than a lot of the other more reliable boards because for sure it's it's a it's a you know it's an RNG based comp and you can't replicate that every time. I like the notion of of having like a fortune based you know econ based comp. And yeah, I don't think it's overly. Uh, I don't think it's imbalanced in the sense that you know it's it's broken. I think you know it's its average placing is probably lower than that of other comps when you can't reliably hit it every time. Your thoughts, Cutler? It's interesting because whenever you lose to somebody that got really, really like cashed out, you know, and I, I think back to kind of like mm -hmm. Fortune as well, where like mm. everybody was <laughs> everybody was watching your board. Like watching you yep. when you lost. Like the the guy who was like on a nine loss fortune, he's like jumping up and down. He's in all chat. He's like, bro, I'm out of the prison. I'm at twenty five health. It's fucking three six. I'm so like, give me my five costs and double Nikos. Yeah, you know, like he's so excited. He's like, who the fuck lost to this guy? Like, who did it? Who the who the fuck cashed this guy out? Who win traded? Yeah, who, who, who yeah. screwed this entire lobby? You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I, moments like that are really enjoyable and like enjoyable from like a a community style perspective i will say that mm -hmm. i haven't experienced that yet like i i've been the one mm. that like cashed out a um uh a, a, a like a nine loss streak guy uh, a nine loss streak mercenary <laughs> yep. nobody cared you know what i mean like nobody was um Shit. Big raid. Oh, yeah, well, you got a raid. Thank you so oh, much for the raid. Gotta oh. probably quickly acknowledge that real oh, quick. Oh yeah. my god. Well, hey, yo, Connor, <laughs> thank you so, Connor, thank you so much for the raid. I, I love you very much. <laughs> thank you guys for the raid. We're uh, we're talking TFT tonight, so thank you very much. Yo, Steve, thank you for five months, and uh, Roller, thank you for the follow. I appreciate it, guys. I uh, love you too, Connor. Thank you very much for being here. Um. I need to note that down. One hour seventeen. Cut that out of the audio. Um, yeah, Connor, thank you so much, guys. If you don't, if you don't know Connor, the amazing streamer from Melbourne, uh, really, really good. Does a lot of horror games. Dead by Daylight. Used to play TFT. Actually, uh, I used to do little coaching streams with Connor. We got him to Diamond in one season. I think season three point five. Go and give him some love. Anybody in here? who likes scary games or who likes wonderful young people who are good streamers. I don't know. That's a little um, stuff. Okay. Yeah, All right. That was, uh, we'll cut that I'm cutting this whole bit out. I'm cutting this whole bit that out. Was a little I, can, I can say whatever yeah, okay. I want. Yeah. We're chilling. It's all good. It's all good. I can say whatever I want. Yeah. Uh, guys, you can also, uh, I'm on my channel, by the way, you can actually find an interview that I did with Connor during my 24 hour, um, event is that what it's called yeah i like wonderful young people disgusting why would i say that what's wrong with me yeah, oh, I, I, I don't even know what to say that's kind of what to say that was horrible uh, that was my <laughs> that's bad okay. that's my bad but anyway uh, guys uh, in, in my in my clips you can actually find the interview that i did with connor that's awesome uh you learn a lot oh. more about him from there cool why does james have such a nice smile it's genetics it's gonna make me blush what the fuck <laughs> It's, hard, it's, that it's half, easier. The, I've been Malaysian smiling buff. through the pain. I've been smiling through the pain ever since my childhood. All right, so like, anytime's a bad moment, you just gotta smile through it. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I hope that I answered the TFT question well enough before we got here. So yeah, um, no, that was pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. I think um, I I think they're fine for the game. I think that like the good outweighs the bad. I think the good. Outweighs sure. The bad. Yep. 
Um, yeah, I think my personal stance is that overall they're good for the game. I think that we have seen points though where, so this is kind of interesting in that this is not, it's never been a sort of high elo issue like econ traits because the lobbies always adjust accordingly if, if somebody is like ego loss tricking. So as an example, like when I was making my climb to bosses, even though, um, a lot of people were playing Merc, um, because pretty much everyone in the lobby was basically challenger at some point from last season. Um, everyone was playing extremely aggressively and extremely high tempo, and like everyone was tracking the Burke player basically. So cash outs were like fairly rare. Um, so it's not really, it's not really like it doesn't mean that they didn't happen, but they were fairly rare, and the lobby adjusted accordingly. I think at that point it's fine. The issue, the interesting issue about it though, is that um, towards the sort of middle of the ground, middle sort of elo, like around like um, so if we're just thinking of like normal elo, like not like at the start of the season, right? Um, around like the sort of diamond. Uh, like diamond four to, to like maybe like early diamond one um it can be a little bit frustrating for sort of um maybe like newer players to the game weaker players to the game who uh end up playing in lobbies where their the lobby temp is very very low so what ends up happening is that like you just never win games because by the time you get to like the end it's always some smurf who's like basically 10 lost streak the entire game cashed out from like some guy running like the freest board and it's just unwinnable so i have seen people bring that up like i have seen like sort of more casual players bring that up as an issue and that they find it very very frustrating um this was a good example from last set was kale when the uh store comp like the store version of kale was a thing in that it was it, like the night kale right it was a terrible comp in high elo like it was absolutely yeah. god awful like because everyone just played proper tempo and you just never hit kale but it was really good in lower elos because no one played well good tempo so you just you just always hit the cap cowboy and you just always exodia the enemy team out so i think that that's where the push and pull gets really really interesting sorry if that was a long answer but i just thought it was good to provide perspective because i think a lot of people's default answers is still like yeah high roll moments should exist why not let's have econ traits but <laughs> it's not that fun when you always just end up in a lot like in a top four situation where some guy just has an unbeatable board and you just feel like there's nothing you could have done yeah so, yeah it's actually so interesting those correlate to to you know it's, it's more effective at lower elo comparatively to high elo because you're not going to get punished to that degree like that was probably the first thing i noticed when i was climbing the ranks i'm like holy fuck mm. everyone in this lobby is leveling so aggressively they're playing so aggressively yeah. no one cares about 50 econ fine all right i guess I yeah like, that, was, that was the first mm. thing i learned when i like came to i don't know the big leagues i don't know what you want to yeah call. yeah everyone just sends it dude like yeah everyone just yeah. plays like an animal <laughs> you're out here yeah. fighting for scraps <laughs> yep um cool, cool, cool. <laughs> i think that is a really interesting thing about tft it's really really unique um all right moving on um so what are our a little more fun one what are our sort of favorite uh augment combos so far any any cool like sort of synergies that you guys have put together with augments i will say like like i talked about a little bit like darius with um uh, with kill, healing on kill is really good. Like I really like that. Like as mm -hmm. an early game, like thrill of the hunt. I think that's really nice. Mm. I think um, I will say that like I'm currently in the middle of writing a guide for Jin, um, and I know that Sol mm -hmm. really likes playing Jin, and we've actually got two sort of different that's ways that we like to play it. So there's yeah. like, there are multiple different ways to play it. I will say that Stan United with Jin is a really 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 good augment, and I yeah, think that Stand people, like people should um, if you think if you think like you're gonna play snipers or you're gonna play Jin. Um, I would recommend mm -hmm. trying to get Stan United in some way. I think it's a really great one to take um, on 4-6, like, just in mm -hmm. general, because you're pretty much always, like, your stage 5 board, you're going to be taking stuff in for, like, pretty much the entirety of the round. Like, you're trying to cap your board, you're trying to fit your mm -hmm. chase units in, your, your 5 costs. So 
getting mm -hmm. that extra like 10 to 12 ad and ability power per like unit is really really strong it, it doesn't sound mm -hmm. like a whole lot but it actually it really adds up especially on gen oh for sure yeah yeah for me personally like i'm i'm a really big fan of high-end shopping Oh yeah, because I think my my weaknesses are, are more so in my my transition and pivoting than than they are the early game and just being able to and, and just to make sure I'm not retarded like that's the one that just I get a, a one level higher shop right not hmm? not mis mistaking that yeah um just being able to hit those uh, level eight units and like transition it just allows me to roll down early at seven and just like hit the board I'm looking for a lot earlier and and just forego that transition that transition trough altogether so I'm a big fan of that it makes my transition a lot easier and yeah anytime I get that a snap call I'm also a really big fan of of gold augments um i'll just like like yeah just just an influx of gold as well because i'm really quick rolling actually so so the issue is more so that i'm not allowing enough gold to roll down as opposed to to the speed of the roll down so i really don't mind having like 70 80 gold for a roll down I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that when once i you know know the units i'm looking for yeah yeah uh i think for me my favorite or like so a lot of them at least with the way I actually play, when I like when I'm actually playing a climb, um, honestly for me, all the orgs, all the augments just blend together, and that like <laughs> they're pretty much all just like generically. Sure. Like I, I always just I always just pick the ones that are just generically good. Um, for me, the one that I've just I've actually truly genuinely enjoyed from like an actual design standpoint as well as gameplay is actually built different. Um, yeah. built different for those that don't know is the one where basically. Uh, your units that have zero traits activated um, gain a different trait instead. Where, like, a, basically a, a new trait. Where instead they have, I think it's like uh, 500, 600 extra HP scaling depending on the rarity of the uh, build different org that you picked. They also get uh, a big attack speed boost, like a 50-60% attack speed steroid. Um, I think it's really cool in that it completely changes the way you think about crafting a team comp. All of a sudden playing like you're thinking about like playing like duplicates of the same units because obviously they have zero like the synergies don't have like don't trigger each other you're thinking about um you're thinking about what carries scale the best with attack speed um you know you you, you get basically this huge early game boost because you know everything is you know you have so many stats on the board uh then you need to start thinking about how you're going to actually make a team because once you start hitting stage four and you run into actually probably put together comps you start falling off very very quickly and then the roll downs get very, very dizzy because you're like, wait, I can't play this guy. Wait, wait, I can't play this guy because these two things overlap. And yeah, and I think it's really, really fun. I think it's really, really cool. I think I did a really good job with that one. You, you see fun and chaos. I literally look at that organ. I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm going to be able to make this work later. Bro, I literally I refuse to take it. My brain no, is not really. willing to take it. I'm like, no fucking way. Problem. It's not as hard as it seems. I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's not as hard as it seems. The way I learned how to play it is I, when I got it offered, I literally just looked at uh, Robin Songs' video. I looked at what his endgame board was like. I put, I plugged that into Team Builder, and I just rolled for those units. <laughs> no, that's fair. I, I would need that guidance yeah. too, otherwise I would get so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have but enough the basic like, thinking... brain capacity to be like, I'm going to watch a video during a TFT game to figure out what I'm trying to do. <laughs> like, I don't even look, at, basic, like, I don't um... look, at, look at Team Builder, you know what I mean? Like, like what's my level oh, yeah, yeah. Board I, kind of thing? I, I'm, just like, I'm I, a big fan of Team it. Builder. I can't do it. it helps me not get dizzy. It helps me really hard not, not getting dizzy. Um, I will say uh, the the general idea behind building an endgame board with um build diff is basically I want a frontliner from every single different category possible. So that means like I want a bodyguard, I want a bruiser, I want a colossus, and then when you come to your backline, you're just like oh, I just play legendaries. Yes. <laughs> and then yeah, that's pretty much it. So like it, it, right. it enables like a mm -hmm. P burst style comp, right? Like a level nine. It does, like it does, it does. That's the that's the general idea behind it. Is you okay. use the 
use the early power to win streak you into a fast nine board ideally which is why it's a lot less good in high tally lobbies because the tempo is really high um but that's why the prismatic version is particularly good um the the, the gold version is like the sorry like build diff one is basically not playable the gold rarity like the, the tier two version of it got build diff two is good and then the prismatic one is the one that's really, really good. Because then your team gets really overloaded stats at a really early stage of the game. And you can really just win streak out from there. Interesting. All right. Nice. Anyway. All right. Next, uh, next question. Cool. Uh, this is also a really, really good one. Um, do skills like positioning, econing, flexibility matter as much as previous sets? Or is most of the skill in play around uh, augments right now? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, phew, yeah, I'm probably gonna have to give the most general answers ever, but but I think like you know the whole mechanic of a socialite hex just means that positioning is is a little bit less of a, a skill mechanic than it previously was. Like it's it's easy to capitalize on other people just utilizing the socialite hex, but like I don't really love the fact that to optimally you know have the most damage, I need to position around my socialite hex. Um, I guess the the really simple and boring answer is that that no positioning is not anywhere. You know, it's not as much of an outplay mechanic as it was previously, but I don't know. I'm probably keen to hear your, your own thoughts on this as well. Um, oh. yeah. um, Carly, your thoughts? And I'll, then I'll give my thoughts. I will, I will say from, like, the perspective of someone that hasn't played as many games as you guys right, like right now. I've played I, a fraction of Souls games too. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> so, like if, if, if we're going down the tier list, like, I've played the fewest games and then James and then so mm. Right, like, mm -hmm. I've moved my endgame board, like, three times like so <laughs> yeah yeah like my board has been very static and i'm like and this isn't to like this isn't to like prove a point or anything but i have felt that it hasn't made a single bit of difference you know like at least at least personally for me like and and right. less i'm like in a top like mm -hmm. and you can say what you want about like the level of severity when you climb mm. but like i haven't yep. like i don't put as like a significant effort into it as when i'm like masters gm or challenger basically mm -hmm. like the game like i'll look up and it'll be four one and i'll be like okay time to roll at seven i guess i'll pay mm. attention like i'll stop looking at my second screen for like i'll get off this youtube video or i'll get off this work like i'm like on a work meeting or something like that you know what i mean like so i, I kind of like look, i kind of like look up and i find and mm -hmm. and that's just like a personal thing i will i will say that um sins the like the way that sins is currently it's very different positioning than what it was yes. previously so you're mm. not like hard swapping to avoid yeah uh, the sins in the end in the late game anymore because they mm. like cloak and because they have a bunch of armor because they like don't show themselves like one of them mm -hmm. like one of them is like invisible you know like that kind of thing with syndicate mm -hmm. So you're actually yep. not like hard positioning to counter sins in the same way yep. that you were mm -hmm. previously. Um, mm. So I think that that probably means like overall, the end the end game swapping units around and high itemizing your position, like high focusing your mm -hmm. positioning, is going to be less useful overall. But you did bring up a good point about Jin that I thought was really interesting, where you. Where yep. Jin's alt focuses in the direction that he's currently shooting. I find that interesting, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it hasn't like it hasn't yet bothered me, you know, like right. wherever mm -hmm. wherever Jin's shooting. Like I've never been like, Jin, why aren't you shooting in this like this direction or why mm -hmm. are you shooting over here? Um that's kind yep. of a long winded answer, but I think like 
Okay. I'll mm-hmm. I'll end off by saying I don't I have yet to find in a climb to close to diamond any reason mm. to switch my endgame board from position to position. Yeah, it, it's oh. a good point. I think the other thing I wanted to add is that um the the reason the reason why I would put more attention to, to my positioning is if I were being punished by other people's positioning outplaying me. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not yeah. really seeing that and maybe I'm not playing enough challenger lollies at the moment to actually get those boards. But aside from like, you know, positioning my Lux on both uh, either side to make sure I'm focusing mm-hmm. a carry, like I don't really see too much outplay potential in in where my tanks are sitting. And maybe like my, my Yoni or Fiora might want to be the correct side based on where they're oppo- opposing carriers. But beyond that, there's not really too much complexity of the positioning at the moment. And, and I'm not. I'm also not really seeing too many people like like move their boards as well. And maybe it's emblematic of the the level of players I'm bursting right now. And I'll, I'll see a difference as I climb. I'll, I'll you know report back. But yeah, there's not really as much need now. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to for you guys first like revisit this topic like just later down the line once once yeah. I talk to you guys once you guys have made your climbs because um I, what I'm about to say is like going to be like completely opposite of what you guys are basically sure, saying sure. so um i'll start by saying that um i'll preface by saying that i think positioning in this game should never be the primary indicator like primary reason of why you like win or lose a fight if that makes any sense i think that a properly put together comp with a ton of money into it should pretty much win like 90 percent of the time against the weaker comp um, I think where positioning should matter is when two comps that are of equal power level in terms of gold and, you know, efficiency sunk into them, at that point is when positioning should determine the fight. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say by that is, is that, like, your 90 gold board should not randomly lose to a 40 gold board because a Diana was, like, placed on the correct side. Or a Viego was placed on the right side. Or Velcos was on the right side and just blew your entire team up, is what I'm trying to say. So... Yeah. It's the same kind of thinking in other games, such as like League of Legends, for example. If you're ahead of of, of your opponent, of the, the opposing laner by like I don't know, one thousand, two thousand gold, you should just be able to freely stat check them. They shouldn't like they should have almost zero like opportunities to outplay you. Where the outplay should be should be when like you have very very close like gold leads. Let's say like you're only like five hundred, six hundred gold apart. That's when like there should be room for outplay, right? Um, so to bring this back to sort of TFT, right, I think that the positioning in set five as a whole was very, very binary and very, very polarizing. You have a lot of units like Diana, Viego, Velkoz, which absolutely shred your team if they're on the right side and do nothing if they're on the wrong side. Set six doesn't really have any units like this. There aren't really any units that will outright swing a fight if placed on the correct side. However, set six has a lot of units that do, um, that have fairly predictable AIs that have like targeting priorities that make a lot of sense. And when placed, like when placed, like when positioned properly, will make the difference in fights. Um, examples I can think of are like Braum um, ulting the backline or just like completely whiffing. Um, where you place your Braum actually makes a big difference in terms of whether it's able to hit their backliner or not. Uh, Zyra is a really easy example in that Zyra will always prioritize the biggest clump um, of units in a line. Um, I mentioned I've already talked about Jin. Um, Oriana is another one where Oriana will always shockwave the biggest clump of units, but she'll prioritize shielding your own units as well. So that determines that dictates where you put your frontline clump as well. What I'm trying to get at is, is that there's a lot of subtle positioning um, sort of differences that make a, that like matter in a in, in a fight in set five, in set six, sorry, in set six. Um, but it's hard to see them until you've got a lot of volume in, and that you might not necessarily notice that like they're necessarily changing your fights because. Um, in, in set six, the pol- the position is less polarizing. So someone who has a better board, better board than you, should just will just beat you most of the time. And if you have a better board than them, you will just win most of the time as well. But yeah, so I think positioning absolutely matters. And but I think it's in a sweet spot where 
you know, it might, it, it, it's like, it's like the, the sort of more minute edge, right? Oh, I even even like mentioned the fact that like Blitzcrank is back in the game. Like you have like Zephyr Blitzcrank as a way to access backline. So all of a sudden you have to start thinking about that when someone has Zephyr Blitz in their lobby. So yeah, I think there's plenty of ways to outplay your opponents position wise. Yeah, it's really long. Sorry about that. You help to quantify all those positioning differences and, and what the advantages you actually get are. And, you know, th those are things that I couldn't really quantify at first. But once you actually do begin to quantify it, you pay attention to those and, and make sure that, yep. you know, for every round you're actually looking out for those every time. So it's probably yeah. a level that I will get to eventually. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you're probably yeah. It's not a learning curve on top of like already learning yeah. the units and the comps and the positioning sure. and the items and, mm -hmm. I, and the blah, blah, blah. It's like yeah, something that comes I, to you the higher you get. I, I really don't want to make it just sound like, oh, I'm a better PD, you know? It's it's more just like the positioning in set 6 kind of is... now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying that like a lot of these things, like in set 6 especially, are not very flashy and they're not very obvious in that they, like, they come to you through volume. It's not a matter of how good you are. It's just a matter of volume. Like, you could be a weaker player and play like 100, 200 games and then you'll notice like these sort of positioning nuances. Like, you, you'll notice like what's making you know your unit target what right um it's yep. just that it's not so blatantly obvious like in set five but diana jumps to one side and it holds the entire back line <laughs> so yeah that's a good point yeah all right cool 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 uh next one is for more, more for just donnie in general uh what attracted you so much to uh squid uh velcos and just one trick get so much in uh, set five and uh, have you found the same appeal in any set uh in, in any comp in uh set six uh That's a little weird. I mean, I mean, okay, it didn't always have to be Velcos at first. Like, like I one tricked Jax for the longest time before that. Um, maybe for the for for a few patches before that. So, so what made it Velcos specifically? I think was the ability to just like delete a uh, delete the opposing carry in one cast that cannot be replicated in this set. Like Lux is not really having the one shot ability that um that Velcos had in the previous set, and I find it so annoying. When I've got my three item Lux and it often needs a blue buff item, so you know, unless I'm running like like Hodge JG IE, and even then I cannot really one shot the opposing carry. And you know, if it's like an Urgot or a Yone, it's probably going to heal back to four pretty easily, and and then you just get stuck where where Lux is like cannot kill these units. Whereas Velkos does not have that issue. Um, even though you have to run a, a mana item on Velkos, you still you know with four Weaver usually almost always have enough damage, even with two Weaver sometimes. Have enough damage to just like delete the opposing uh, the opposing carry in one cast. So that's kind of the differentiator between between Squid now and Lux and, and Lux later. And and the reason why I weighed so heavily on it is because positioning was so much more important for that comp than any other comp. And and it's something that I did really well last set. So it's like fuck yeah, you know, all the advantages, everything is synergizing well together. Why don't I keep doing that? So that's kind of what attracted me to continue playing um velcos i just was not getting punished by any other comp even against sins we can tuck our velcos in right next to the a-bomb grave so so literally there's a counterplay to every comp and so long as you're positioning effectively your top floor rate just like goes through the roof sure for sure <laughs> i think that's a really good answer um all right let's uh yeah let's go to the next one um yeah it's gonna be for anyone uh, what are yeah? Do you have any uh, ultimate goals for ladder such competitions? Uh, will you achieve and be or, or will you achieve and be content? Sorry, will you achieve and be content or always look to climb further? I guess anyone can answer this question. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I guess I'll start first. I have thought about it, but like, look, I really enjoy playing TFT, but I don't really want to want to you know like take it omega seriously. Like at the end of the day. 
you know, I'm satisfied by, by sitting in, you know, challenger like high low ladder, but, but, you know, I don't need to be like ranked number one or, or like, you know, I'm not going to put like TFT world next world champion in my fucking stream titles or anything like that, <laughs> you know, like so long as I can just provide, you know, like high level entertaining content on my stream, that's probably what I'm, I'm most, uh, satisfied with for now and you know of course i'm going to give the qualifiers a go and that sort of thing but i'm not really like pushing to be the absolute best as long as i feel like you know i'm, I'm uh, performing to to my highest level then i'll be satisfied with that and like, ideally look challenge is always like the ultimate goal for me like it's not like i need to be the best but i'd love love to still sit top 100 i feel like the games at that point are a lot more respectable in the sense that like people will actually come to my stream to like consider that i have like you know, something to, to offer in that regard so so I kind of like want to impart wisdom in that way. And I think in order to do that, I kind of need to be like at a respectable level. I think Challenger is sufficient for that regard. Um, but it's really no further than that. So yeah, I'll be satisfied just uh, just sitting chill. That's fair. Color? Uh, I think the most important thing for me is like feeling like every set I got better, you know? Mm. And I think one of the big things about this game is like it changes so much every three to six months every mm -hmm. two to every two weeks even at a lot of points where like you always want to be you always want to be ahead do you want to be the best do you want to push as hard as you possibly can i mean there are you know and don't take this the wrong way james but you played like 600 games of set <laughs> yeah and, and, and just just before you continue it was literally because i was so excited and just like learning the game in a little bit more detail it's kind of like it's conflated by the fact that, that yes, we have this great OCTFT community. And the more I talk to other people, the more I started streaming, the more mm. interested I got in the game. And and it's, yeah, that's all I need to really keep me motivated in the game, just to be you know, mm. talking to other people, entertaining other people through my stream. Um, that's, that's all that matters to me, really, as opposed to my level. But yeah, do, yeah. do continue. Going. No, no. I, and I, I, what I, I was just going to contrast that to me. Like, I, I don't need that amount of games to love this, to love the, the, the set in the same way. You know, like, it's not a bad thing mm -hmm. to play that many games or to to like really want to play the game all the time mm -hmm. to to do that and that kind of thing like i'm content yep. just playing every now and then making sure that my yep. level is always improving being as good as possible and mm. i think the the you know i don't i don't need to be anything more than a challenger player basically um yeah, that, that's that's like fun. like i'm happy to call myself a challenger player like i've been challenger in multiple sets that's fine like that's enough for me. I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't need to be like it doesn't like my stream's never going to be like pushing rank two sure, like, like sure. trying to like trying to like you know that's not uh, i'm like sort of i feel the same as james you know like as long as i feel like i'm in a position where i can help people in a certain way people improve like at the end of the day, mm -hmm. I'd rather play like normal custom lobbies with my friends or duo mode than I would like play 300 grindy games in high challenger. And that's just because I, the, get, the community of the game is, is really enjoyable for me and, and really fun. Mm -hmm. um, I will say as well, like the, the, the overall goal is to keep this going. What we're doing here is to improve, <laughs> improve yeah. this, sure. improve what we have sure, here, sure. improve our region, make sure that our, the people within our mm -hmm. region are getting a, a chance to showcase who they mm, are and, and what they're about you know mm -hmm. yeah i'm eager to hear what soul thinks I, I think if anyone has the capacity to say that fuck yes i'm going to be rank one champion i think it's you know just, just um, a it'd be really enjoy. fucking good for this me... podcast if you do <laughs> <laughs> for me um i don't know for me I, I i play because i enjoy the game um I, you know when when i if i don't like the game i'm not going to play a lot is, like, is is how it is right and then and if i really enjoy the game i'm just going to keep fucking 
yeah, I can swear. <laughs> I really enjoy the game. I'm going to keep fucking playing, right? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really go into it thinking like, oh, I want to hit rank one. Oh, I want to hit this X goal or whatever. Because I don't really believe in setting hard goals like that. Because, oh man, this is the whole like whole LP is fake kind of mantra. But like, I, I believe in that a lot. In that like, if you have a flawed strategy and have a flawed approach and flawed process towards the game, even if you like... Even if you like eventually somehow stumble upon the result, like even if like you somehow stumble upon like top ten, like rank one, if the way you're playing the game is just fundamentally like bad, like the everything will eventually self-correct and you'll fall off a cliff. If you play the game at like a very fundamentally sound level and you have a very good strategy, right? It doesn't matter what set you are in, you will always be able to do well. And so my focus in every game I play is not, oh, I'm gonna hit this unit every game, or I'm gonna do this, this, this. It's always you know what's the best thing, what's the best decision i can make what's like the best thing i can do right in this in any given spot it's never like i i need this thing to happen or i need to hit this amount of lp to feel like i'm a good player right um and yeah and and that's just how i feel about like grinding and playing a lot of games um i play a lot because i really enjoy i really enjoy how i'm really competitive as well i really really enjoy the competitive nature of like high elo lobbies um, I love the community. I love the I love this community the bits. Like I've played a lot of other competitive games, um, and this game has just by far like the most welcoming, friendly, com- but also very competitive community as well. That's definitely scratches that itch, um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I play a lot of games because games fun. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um. All right. Cool. 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 Uh. Yeah. What? Two more questions for tonight, I think. Yes. Two more questions. Um. Yeah. Would we like to see uh, massive changes to the current balance of the set in the next patch? Why or why not? Do you have any pre-prepared answers, Carla? Because, like, really, with a 50-game sample size, it's so tough for me to say that, the, the, like, a massive change is required. I'm still trying to adapt to the current changes more than anything, so, so it's really, really hard, and I'm kind of, like, hesitant to, to say that this is what I want to see changed. Um, I do want to explore the game and, and know it in a little bit more detail before I'm, you know, comfortable saying that kind of thing. It's a really boring way of not answering, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really have any any feedback in that regard. Yeah, look, I will say that this game set four point set five point at the mm. start didn't feel this good. Like it didn't, they, neither, neither one of them and even set 3.0 and I loved it, you know, loved it with all my heart. Mm -hmm. Didn't feel this good. Didn't feel this balanced. Didn't feel this put together. Didn't feel like the effort was put in. Blah, 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 blah. I don't think that they need to make wholesale changes right now to keep this set exciting and interesting and uh wanting to come back to it i would i would rather that they make small changes they nerf the stuff that they think is getting too much play rate win rate top four weight blah blah blah, and that they try to slowly but slowly buff the stuff that they think needs a bit of help and i would like that and this i could i could sit here and be like man nerf akali nerf jace like nerf this augment buff these seven augments like oh god there's like there's like 14 yeah it's, it's like 18 mm-hmm. units i want them to change like why do they why don't they get yep. rid of like this yordle thing or why don't they help this out but like right now the game feels like it's in a good spot 
for me not a great like not the mm -hmm. perfect spot but a good spot so let's keep it let's keep it similar and let's just like focus on improvements from there <laughs> agreed absolutely agreed i think um this set has been the most stable set release like opening like patch release that we've ever seen i think um nothing is just bla nothing, nothing is blatantly like like broken nothing is just blatantly ruining the game like we're like what six days into the stepping live at this point so i feel like we can say with confidence that like there's nothing game breaking there's no game breaking comp there's no war week you know because someone would have figured that out by now right um yeah. and yeah like even comparing it to like set three obviously set three was great when it came up but like set three still had plenty of issues um it was i feel like set three really hit its stride when they did 3.5 and that's when it sort of solidified its status as the goat um but you know but yeah even set three had a lot of issues at the start um but yeah uh i, I think they i think they've learned their lesson really well as to like how frustrating sort of balance thrashing can be like making massive sweeping changes um, to all these carries is, is just not very fun. No one really enjoys it when you have to relearn the game every two weeks. Yeah. Um, so I'm very confident in more, more in the des like design team moving forward. Uh, they're just gonna balance appropriately. At least they've shown that that's their approach. Um, with how they balance set five, right? There basically was zero thrashing in set five. Sorry, why is I set five? Five point five. Yeah, in set five point five, where it was a lot of like really small tweaks rather than just. Okay, skirms are in meta one week. Okay, now they're irrelevant. And then Velcos is in meta for one week. Oh, now it's irrelevant. A bomb was in meta. Oh, now it's terrible. So yeah. Um, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and then the next one is uh, James for uh, for Dani. Uh, and I feel like we already got the hint of what the answer to this one is, but you know, we can ask <laughs> it again. Is Lux filling the void that is left no, in your heart by the? It's not void? feeling shit. <laughs> Look, I mean, I haven't, I haven't, okay, the thing is, I haven't explored enough of solo Lux carry, but but I, it's something that I need to go back and do. Like, I think that there's a capacity there for, for her to be really good at that. I can just, like, learn the comp a little more, bit more intricately and, and run the uh, supportive units a little more effectively. And, and, you know, probably some of the nuanced things you talked about earlier, if I actually keep those in mind, maybe I can find a way to do it. But I hate having to rely because I always want, if I'm rolling solo Lux carry, then I always... Unless I'm running eight Arcanists with Vex frontline, I, I always want Socialite in my board. Hmm. And I'm contingent on the Socialite Hex being backline every game. I hate it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, how do I how do I outplay anyone with positioning? I don't like where Lux is at. I don't mind playing her as like a secondary carry in the Yone board, but at the same time, you're not even running Arcanists. Like you're not meant to prioritize her as a carry. So look, I don't like her as a solo carry. I think she's good in eight Arcanists, but at the same time I can't run like eight Arcanists every game. It's not something I can force mm -hmm. make an emblem than I can than I can. And yep. And in a Yone board, I shouldn't be prioritizing her. I should be prioritizing uh, Yone Fiora. So, so no, I don't really, you know, it's not filling the void at the moment. But who knows? I might get to the point where um, where I can, you know, actually utilize her a bit more effectively. But unlike what I was doing previous set, where I'm prioritizing AP items, I'm definitely not doing that mm -hmm. this set. So we'll see how I adapt around that the more games I get under this, uh, under this set. But for now, it's definitely not filling the void. Your thoughts, Color? Oh, I guess, sorry, that was... I, I guess that was... Yeah, I know it's for we can talk about I will, I will We just, can all talk about Lux, I mean. Yeah, I will just round off by saying, like... Like, Lux shouldn't feel the same as Velkoz, you know? Like, it's a yeah. very different... For sure, for sure. Like, it, it's, like, in yeah. a lot of ways, it's very, very different. Um, which yes. is cool. Like, mm -hmm. that's great. I really like mm -hmm. that. I like that it's, like... 
I like that you play Lux in comps where you have no need for Lux in some ways, you know what I mean? Like you're playing it in Academy mm -hmm. and you don't even put any items on it. It's just kind of sitting there doing whatever it wants. Um, yep. If the Socialite Hex, like if Socialite continues to be a really integral part of building late game boards, I can set like, I can certainly see Lux's popularity sort of like ebbing and flowing with like, game to game mm -hmm. tournament to tournament like oh four socialites in a row were on the back row so all of a sudden mm. the, the high like lux's priority has just gone up there's people starting tier or going for early jeweled gauntlet kind of thing mm -hmm. just because um because of where the socialite hex is I, I i can see that being definitely a possibility i just don't think it'll ever it'll ever be like over the top yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think as as we're like having like experience with Lux, she's definitely one of the weaker AP carries we've seen in comparison to AP carries from previous sets. She's not, she's not really in Soul. She's no Valkos. Um, I will say though, I think people are giving her a little bit too much flack. Um, because I did play a beat, I did play a decent amount of Lux in my climb, including top twoing a game where I didn't realize I was playing Lux without Arcanist at all. So, um, what's interesting about Lux is I actually think the whole, like, build your Lux to one-shot everything Arcanist approach is actually, like, unless you go for the full 8 Arcanist route, it's probably incorrect. And what I've noticed, like, what I've noticed with Lux boards that actually is interesting is that if you just put Lux in, like, the whole, like, Braum, Leona, like, super tanky frontline with the whole, like, Janna, Oriana, Yumi chassis... Uh, the the strength of that chassis is enough that Lux like still like st still performs if that makes sense. So she she almost ends up being like an AP Jin at that point. Um, whether that's uh, whether that's saying that Lux isn't that bad, or rather is that is that an issue of that specific chassis being too good? Like you you, you know what I mean? Like I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like like yeah. is Brom Leona, Jana or Yumi just so good that I can play any carry I want? Uh, maybe that's maybe that's the real maybe that's the real thing that's going on. But uh, I think there's still a lot to learn with Lux, and that um, she's definitely not solved because I think a lot of people right now are playing Lux like how we've played AP carries before, and that has not been as successful. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Cool. All right. That about uh, does it, I think. Right. I think we're pretty much out of questions. Yeah. There's one more. Uh, there's one more for me. Oh, <laughs> Which is uh. <laughs> So, Sol, you were the first of the boys in the pod to hit master this season. Do you feel a sense of superiority right now? Uh, <laughs> I would be lying if I said no, but I feel like it's fake superiority because I've just played more. So, like, if I feel, I feel like if I hit masters in like thirty something games, like Angora did, then I would absolutely feel like PD PD PD. But I mean, I took like ninety five games. I feel like that's a pretty average amount of games <laughs> to take to hit masters. You actually do it in so... thirty. That's insane. What the Angora did it. And Gore, let me check his lol chest. I think he did it in like 40 something games. 52. He's built differently. What's yeah, 52. That's right. He did it. He did it, I think, in like literally like 37, 38. And he said, he oh. and I was watching his stream when he hit it. He was like, oh, I should have done this in like 30. And I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ, this guy. Oh, that's insane. This guy's actually, this guy's actually PD. For sure. For sure. <laughs> it's, yeah. still, it's still very respectable. I think you're on like 90 games or something, right? 95, 95. Yeah, yeah it's like I, I don't even think, I think it'll take me like 125, to be honest. If I put a prop out on it, I think it'd be 125. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Uh, 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 that's bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's fucking you, sick. You. Well done, Solo, by the way. I mean, it's a great achievement. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah. We, we, yeah. Guys, we've made it to the end of the podcast. You know, it's been a long one yeah. tonight. So if you've joined us live, thank you so much. And I mean, if you if you're listening to this on the audio and you've made it all the way through, I mean, big congratulations, big congratulations. If you are listening yeah. to this on the audio and you don't join us live, then it's over at twitch.tv slash cutlettft every Tuesday night, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Would love to say a big thank you, first of all, to my co-host, Sol, of course, for the amazing, amazing job that he does here with me every Tuesday night. Um, I'm so Aww. appreciative of, of, <laughs> of you and, and uh, you for basically carrying the fucking climb so you know what you're talking about for this podcast. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, wait, what is that? What does that the... augment do? Like, what's the name of this augment? Like... Look, I'm the I'm the color commentator of Cutler's the play-by-play, you know? I yeah, gotta exactly. do my due diligence and make sure I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> and, and of course, a big thank you to our guest, James, for, for coming on tonight. It's been such a pleasure to have you, you know? I, I will I will do one more thing where I say a nice thing about you, but don't get your head too big. Uh, I've really enjoyed <laughs> it. It's been really nice. Uh, you've been a really insightful guest, and, and thank you for being here. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Um, if I could get a closing remark in, look, just to get a little bit sappy <laughs> once again, Okay, literally just a shout out to the community one more time. Like they've literally Aww. kept my interest in this uh, in this game peaked. Just actually being able to have these dialogues with yourselves and, and just being able to you know, share my highs and lows through my stream with all the community. Like the community is so intertwined between all the OC streamers that it's, it's so nice. It keeps me engaged yeah. and yeah, really happy with that. For sure, for sure. Hella wholesome. <laughs> everyone knows each other yeah totally. guys that is uh, that marks the end of the podcast so what we're going to do now is get james the hell out of here not only that we're going to get david the hell out of here uh and then oh, we're going to yeah. get me the hell out of here and that is going to be it for tonight <laughs> so james thank you for joining us just please let us know uh, where we can find you online no actually actually you can't find me anywhere i, I don't i don't see <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks for coming oh that's a shame oh, oh that's a shame you should really think about streaming then you should really think about <laughs> streaming now, you know? yeah. okay you can find me at twitch.tv slash jdani thank you cutler you're welcome uh, i i do notice that you have a twitter now as well okay i'm not going to be using twitter i only use it to respond to your twitter but but sure that's j underscore dani because there's apparently someone named jack dani or something on, on this planet which i didn't think was possible but oh Someone beat me to Jay Donnie. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> nice, nice. Guys, that's going to do it. Uh, let's say goodbye to our wonderful James. James, thank you very much. We will uh, we'll talk soon. No problem. Thanks, guys. Take care.